Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Wait, are you gaming? On a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Everybody to CORE. This is CORE for Thursday, June 24th, 2021. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger, and we are back talking video games, industry stuff, news, games we're playing, all the fun stuff in and around your habitual addiction to video games. We're here to help serve that up, like dealers, really, uh, on the internet. So thanks for being here. Uh, quick note, we just had a really fascinating extended discussion about why chore core uh i do like the term uh, although it, it kind of uses part of our name so maybe it's weird but anyway these video games are like simulators of real life cooking simulator and house flipper and all those and um bo had some really interesting reasons and thoughts as to why he doesn't like those and we're not going to probably get into those again in any depth during the show so if you're a patron you get all that bonus content every week uh go check it out patreon.com slash core show to learn more all right, let's get into it, guys. Uh, so I did a really crazy experiment this week, and I'll, we'll get to it. Uh, but I do this sometimes. You guys remember when I, I played every 40K game I could find so we could talk about it on the show? Do you remember that? I did, Ezekiel. Yeah. <laughs> Ezekiel, to me. That wasn't that long ago, and I've done it again, but in a very different way. There's your teaser. A little later in the show, we'll, we'll get into what I... I basically soaked myself in a tub full of a certain genre just because I got in the mood. It's partly John's fault. He sort of got me thinking about it again, and I don't know. It just happened. So uh, more on that soon. But first, let's talk about the big news of the day, which is today Microsoft revealed Windows 11 officially. A whole bunch of stuff oh. has been shown and leaked before, 
but you're now going to get Windows 11. All the rumors and talk that Windows 10 would just be the permanent platform and it would only ever be updates to this Windows 10 platform or they might get rid of numbers and give it other names or whatever, kind of the Apple way they do it with, uh, with Mac OS. Everyone kind of thought that's where Microsoft was headed and it would just be a service that would update all the time. Well, that's still true. It still will update and you will still get 11 without having to pay for it uh, if you are currently a Windows 10 user. But it's coming, and there's some pretty massive UI changes. Um, a lot of people have mar- remarked that it looks a lot like a Mac, but that's okay because I, I think Mac OS is a, is a strong contender, and I would love it if Windows was a little more in line with that. Uh, but it's interesting. There's some things going away. There's some stuff being added. Um, that whole live tile system that they tried to make happen with 8 and forward, uh, they're removing that entirely uh, is uh, one of the things they're taking out. You can no longer pin your taskbar slash um, start menu, you know, kind of your bottom bar. You can no longer pin that to the left, right, top, or anywhere except the bottom. It's just sort of there. Uh, These are small things, little UI things. But a big, for our interest here on the show, a big increased focus on gaming. And from one, like, business perspective, this is pretty interesting, and I wanted to get it out of the way early. They've got a new pricing plan for developers who make stuff for Windows. If you make apps for Windows, let's say a notes app or some sort of to-do list or a whatever, a webcam application, whatever it is you're making, you no longer have to pay anything to Microsoft, which is a bit of a shot over Apple's bow. Uh, There used to be a percentage. Now there's not. You get 100% of the profit from anything you sell via their Windows 10 or 11 store. Uh, So they're trying to beef that stuff up. Yep, that's kind of a big deal, except for... Video games, not covered. That one, they still Wait, get a percentage. What? Yeah, <laughs> which I think well, is Roblox is happy. They recently made a big deal about how they weren't a video game, so they're covered. But did, everyone else, suck it. Did they succeed in convincing people they weren't? A video I don't game? know. It was a headline I saw. Roblox filed something because it's not a game, probably to do with Apple and Epic or something like that. But oh, interesting. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Uh, why games? Well, think about it. So. This is strategic. This is their way of saying, this is their way of straddling the middle a little bit and also increasing activity on that store, which is not great. They've never been great. Their store is kind of bad. I don't just mean the game store. I mean kind of all of it. Uh, People just go to websites, install software from other places and sideload. They don't really use the Microsoft store. So I, I, I know they want to beef that up. And so it's really good PR and strategy for them to say, look, we'll not take any cut of that. Because the truth is, it's kind of sucky there now anyway, so anything's better for us just to have the traffic. And then secondarily, we can't quite do the game part, because we do succeed on the game part. That is a a working concern for us, and we do well over there. So they don't want to necessarily pull out whatever profit base that represents. So, I don't know. It's a little half and half. I kind of yeah, admire Yeah, they got an it. Xbox to think about, too. Right, exactly. Like it's a, And you're talking cross-play cross and cross compatibility and cross saves and a lot of stuff that happens with those games including third-party titles on game pass that's not tied directly only to windows and so i I can see why there's maybe that's that's just weird and there's some stuff there that maybe we don't even know about but it's interesting you know yeah it's a bit sad because i thought they were gonna take a shot across the bow of all the other game stores you know (laughs) if they literally did even if they did like five percent like yeah 
it would be more than any like make epic look like selfish you know we give a game away for free and we give all this money to developers i'm like they'd probably just happily take less percentage sure. over anything else and so i don't know that yeah, it, oh, does, well. <laughs> it does seem like a bit of a missed opportunity if that's what they were aiming for but i think game pass complicates it i think the way they pay out for that complicates it like i don't know i, I don't i, I oh, honestly well. don't know because the store while you can so currently you can buy like john could go buy forza for horizon for forza horizon 4 on game pass the app right or mm-hmm. he could go into the microsoft windows store and buy it there and technically he's that's now working in both places. Like they're kind of just a mirror of each other. Um, but if he has game pass, he just gets it. Like there's, I think it's just weird. I don't know on the gaming side. I wish I knew more about it to say, but so, uh, did they talk about one of the things I haven't looked at? So I made a few purchases on the Xbox. Oh yeah. Uh, I bought cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. I bought Witcher three. These should be available on my Windows Store on my Windows application, but I'm betting they're not. You think that's right? So oh. there's a there's a weird divergence in their in their app. So I'll give you an example with Yakuza and why it's kind of a mess. So I wanted to be able to play Yakuza Like a Dragon on my PC, and I wanted to be able to play it on my Xbox Series X. So I bought it in the Windows Store because it wasn't available on Game Pass at the time. So buying it in the Windows Store, I could go into the Windows Store and install the game on my computer that way. I could also then go into my Xbox Series X and it was in my library of games there. That's all well and good. But it wouldn't show up in the Game Pass app, the Xbox uh, app on my PC, because it wasn't a Game Pass game and only Game Pass games are showing up in there. But what's interesting is I've left that game installed on my computer. When it got added to Game Pass, it popped up in that app. So previously, it was just an icon on my desktop and didn't appear anywhere. And then as soon as they added it to Game Pass, now it appears in my Game Pass app. Mm -hmm. So it's really weird the way that those things both exist within the Windows ecosystem, but are separate at the same time. So it... It's probably something like that. You might have to dig into it and do a little, a little looking. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's just weird that they, they communicate, but they don't. Mm. Yeah, that's that's true. That's a hundred percent true. And they're just trying to. I mean, I think they're doing better than they've ever done um, in terms of that communication. But they are getting. They still have a long way to go, uh, for sure. Uh, one thing in the chat just came up and I hadn't heard about this. I guess Windows 11 is requiring the TMP or the TMP2 chip, which is a uh, security. Basically, just means is your is your machine a trusted machine or not? And the TM, TMP2 chip is is the current standard for that. It's supposed to be common in new computers, but it turns out it's not necessarily. It's not in every new computer. I don't even know if I have one. Mine's pretty new. Um, I know Bose is definitely not going to have the TMP2 chip in it, probably, I would assume. And um, yeah, no. that's a problem. Like, they better fix that. Um, and I I would bet, my guess is, once they kind of get their head around just how, you know, how less compatible that will make them for many people with plenty powerful enough machines. Like he says, uh, Crimson Neon in the chat says, I have an i9 with 32 gig of RAM, and it's currently not compatible with the, with Windows 11. Um yeah, they got to not do that. That's bad. Uh, it can't. 
then you're then you're starting to create you're starting to take your open platform which is how you've made your billions and turn it into a more closed platform simply by having a weird requirement about a trusted machine chip that really isn't going to be that big of a deal like i don't know they need to fix that um hope they will but uh other interesting stuff the um uh, the start menu is in the middle of the screen, but you can move it to the side if you want to. <laughs> it's a dumb thing, small thing, but it's, it's there. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it, it's a do you uh, like change? Yes or no test. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how willing if you see friends who have it in the middle, they are You're able the worst to accept friends. change in their life. Yeah, if they move friends. it. Yeah, don't spring anything on your friends. So- yeah, sorry if uh, I'm jumping in. So I, I have something to share. First of all, Go I got it. kind of distracted, but I'll share it in a second. Um, did we talk about this pile of crap in the middle of the taskbar at the bottom? Oh yeah, it's just that was just what we were talking about. So the so the yeah. way that they so they have they, so you can move it though. So you can put it back over on the left where you want it. Um, they were they were quick to point that out. So you don't have to have this center justification to everything. It's just oh, annoying okay. because I, from a design perspective, as far as I know. Design standards are not currently embracing center justification out of nowhere. I don't know why they're doing this. It's weird. But it looks like we wish we were Apple. Well, even Apple stuff. doesn't do this. Their bars clear across the I know. The thing. So it's like, do what they're doing, but do it in our own style. They're like, how about the middle? No one does it in the middle. Let's yeah. do it in the middle. They're definitely doing yeah, I don't. Apple stuff here, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you can move that, Bo. Good new- the good news okay, is great. that all gets moved if you want. You can't put it on the side top or other side like you used to, but you can move it across... To the left. I can live with that. I think. Yeah, it's a little weird. As long as um, my apps open in app mode and not in tablet mode on my PC, I'm good. Well, and that's the so, other thing. They're dropping that that tile thing altogether. That's oh, going away. Great, yeah. beautiful, yeah. perfect. Gone, done. Out. Uh, one of the big things that I'm excited about because uh, I actually just got an HDR monitor not too long ago when I upgraded that yeah. is uh, they're putting auto HDR into the. Uh, into the operating system so that it will be able to auto switch whether the game is able of supporting HDR or not and take care of it. When I got this monitor, I quickly learned how bad Windows 10 actually is at knowing whether or not you should have HDR on or not. Mm -hmm. And I ultimately ended up opting to just leave it off all the time because enabling it was such a pain in the butt. Sometimes it would enable it. Sometimes it would not sometimes it seemed like it was doubling it up thankfully the monitor had a uh, simulate hdr option on it and i turned that on and everything looked really great and it was awesome Mm. um but it's dumb that i was doing that on the monitor side and it wasn't being taken care of on the operating system level yeah so it's something that they point out xbox consoles already have this and it already does it on your console right so now it's going to be something that your operating system can take care of. Yeah, I was going to say, my Series X does this on my HDR TV without without any trouble. And the TV itself is also pretty good at sensing what hardware needs, you know, it's connected to or whatever. And I really have gotten used to that. So if you've got HDR on your desktop, but this is good news for you. Uh, the, it will also play, this is the weirdest part. This thing's going to let you install and run Android apps. Uh, so Windows 11 will run Android apps, despite the fact that most Android phones are based on ARM architecture, which is completely different than Intel's uh, 486 architecture that they still use. So this is, I guess these are emulating it. I don't know. Like it's real weird, but you can run Android apps 
on Windows in this next update, which is a little bit of a another. It's them again going, well, the Mac just introduced a way for you to run iOS apps natively on M1 uh, Macs, like the newer M1 Macs all can run any iOS app natively if you want to. Um, in a lot of cases, I don't know why you'd want to, but you could. I mean, I found a few cases where it's actually useful, but um, this will be like that. So if you want to run, I don't know, like, I guess it could affect games too, but like you want to run the latest uh, k- k- clan of clans or <laughs> whatever bullshit clan thing that of, is. Clan of clans. Clan of clans. I'm sure that's a real mobile game, but it sounds like a good <laughs> fake mobile game name. Yeah, I like combining uh, it. It's funny that way. But yeah, you can now run is, that, John. You're excited. I just This know is it. what I'm seeing about uh, about that. Um, this is from IGN's article. They said Android apps are able to run on Windows 11 thanks to a new Intel Bridge compiler that helps the apps run on x86 systems. What's even better is this Intel tool runs just fine on AMD and ARM-based processors as well. Mm. So all PCs should be able to run Android apps. Yeah, but at the end of the day, though, that's just that's uh, some emulation on the hardware level. If you have in that Intel tech, I guess, and now the operating system will support it. So that's that's cool. I mean, it's I'm fine with this. Like this, I think this kind of unification of of uh, platforms in terms of like what can run what or whatever is is great. I just don't know if you're going to use it a bunch. You know, like how often are you can install an Android app. It, I can't remember what the reason was. I think it was for a video game, but I remember wanting to try and install an, an Android emulator to play a game. That might have been Android exclusive, but I wanted to play it on my PC for some reason. What was the? Do you remember, remember the game? Why. You don't remember the game? I don't remember the context. I just remember I know I looked into it and tried to to get something running, and I can't remember. Uh, I want to say my instincts telling me at the time there was an exclusive skin in Hearthstone if you logged in on Android, and I want to say I didn't have Android at the time, so maybe I was trying to get Hearthstone to run. Um, just so I could log in and get the thing on my account, and that might have been it. But something tells me that's off. And there was an actual Android exclusive game, and I'm trying to think of what it might be, but I can't for the life of me. So yeah, that's why for whatever reason it's ringing a bell with me. Like we talked about it here, or we talked so about it before. It would have been nice to have it then when it was important. <laughs> when you now, I don't it. care. <laughs> when it was important, when I needed my Hearthstone card back. <laughs> <laughs> important to me i have to say <laughs> important uh, important context there sure sure but um i you know it's just anyways whatever i, I i'm not gonna think of it i'm <laughs> what game i i, I can't know. think of it i really don't i don't know either like i can't think of a I thing think, i'd want to do i think it was an android exclusive game and i didn't have an android anything so i think i wanted to try and play it mm-hmm. on my pc but i just can't it's ringing a game. bell for me. I don't know why. There was something you could only do there. Yeah, Brian Dunaway in the chat room. Hi, Brian. Says Blue Stacks, which I remember looking up a Blue Stack. I think that's the emulator. That was an emulator. Blue yeah. Stacks. Yeah. I just can't remember what it was for. And I just don't remember. As it turned out, the emulator wouldn't emulate this thing anyways that I was looking for. Um, oh, so it uh, still didn't work anyway. Oh, it's Android. right on the tip of my brain, dude. I know what this is. Because we were all trying to do this was a thing a bunch of people were trying to do, right? There was a period in time where there was there were exclusive Android games, I think, right? Well, like there, there was still some like that, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's less of a thing now, I guess. At the time, it, 
it's just uh, I can't think of what it was. Again, it was something either. it was something cool. I don't remember. It's possible I even heard it. You know, we got it through the community or through you know through the podcast. Like, that's uh, oh, gonna bug me. Just yeah, it's really bugging me too. I don't remember. And what I was. just it wasn't Fallout Shelter. Was it? I'm just looking up. I'm trying to look up lists for Android exclusive games. Because Fallout Shelter actually hit iOS first, then Android, then PC. But I don't think we Might were have worried about like that. that too. Maybe it was Clan of Clans, this thing I made up. Yeah, Clan of Clans. Yeah, Clan of Clans. Yeah, Finally I don't know, but it was definitely something that was exclusive to Android, and uh, that that was. Anyways, I'm, if I ever run into that problem again, I'm glad. <laughs> Windows yeah, 11 is finally yeah. here. Yeah, you just run it. Windows 11 will let you. Now, the yeah. big question is, will they ease up on the TMP2 chip requirement? Uh, and will how will the upgrade process go? All that sort of stuff. You can actually go do a health check now, I think, somewhere. Oh, I don't have the link. Dang it. There's a link somewhere where you can like plug in your, your, your config and it will go, yeah, you're all set. Don't worry. Windows is coming. You got it. No, no worries there. But then... I don't see the link, so I can't send anyone there. Anyway, oh, chat yeah. So it. is that it? Th- this is sort of a nice, nice addition. Oh, here it is. This oh. is uh, this is the requirements. Okay, so this isn't the link I'm thinking it is, uh, or maybe it is. But here we go. Uh, system requirements listed by Microsoft: one gigahertz or faster with two or more cores on a compatible 64-bit processor or system on a chip. That's normal. That's what we're all kind of doing. Uh, RAM, four gigabytes or more. Uh, storage, 64 gigabytes or uh, for or larger storage device. Uh, that's interesting, a minimum. Uh, I guess these are minimum requirements. System firmware, UEFI, secure boot capable. I'd have to look at my motherboard, but I assume that's there. TMP trusted platform module version 2.0. That's the big controversial one there. Um, graphics card needs to be DirectX 12 or later with WDDM 2.0 drivers. Uh, again, these are highly technical, so you have to dig around your machine. Display, you need a high-definition 720p or greater. Uh, internet connection, uh, I mean, they're just recommending fast. This is like recommendation, like, so your screen has, because it says that it's greater than nine inches diagonally, so I can't have an eight-inch diagonal screen? I mean, like, they're basically no, just, these impossible. are just, yeah, these are just minimum requirements. They're just saying you can't have anything lower than what we're giving you here. Yeah, but um, I can, right? Like, I mean, you can. <laughs> I, the nine-inch requirement, it couldn't be lower than nine. It could be five. I could have a tiny little screen this big. Right? Yeah, you I could. Mean, I mean, I think this is just them saying. Yeah, sorry, I'm just pushing. I'm getting all. No, it's all right. You just want Microsoft to retent- cough up the detail. Retentive about their, their information here. Because yeah. if that's wrong, then what else is wrong in this thing? Sorry. Um, it is going to mark the end of support for older 32-bit hardware, they say, uh, though it will continue to run 32-bit software. So that doesn't mean that your 32-bit games, apps, whatever, won't run. They will. They'll be fine. But it's a 64-bit system, chip, bus, all of it. There's no there's Also. No We've said TMP about a hundred times. It's TPM. I know. I keep before doing before anybody before anybody writes anything. Yeah. Do you know why I'm doing that? Because I TPM. I have to write temporary short hand temporary on everything, and I just try I write TMP. That's why TMP. Yeah, but it's not TMP. I, it's th- I thought it sounded like TMS, like except just instead of a stream, it's a P. TMP. Yeah. The morning. I just penis. you know people are gonna <laughs> write. M. So M-P. we're gonna P. talk about it now. So <laughs> we save everybody the need to. Yeah, save right. your email. Yeah, tra- that. Do that for some other dumb thing we say. <laughs> save it for that. 
use the MS11 compatibility tool checker. That's the one I was looking for, Brian Dunaway, in the chat. I don't know where that is. Oh, use it. Okay. But anyway, uh, they are no longer working on on 10. It's 11, baby. Get ready. You down with TP, TMP? Yeah. yeah, you know me. You know me. Uh, what else is going on? NVIDIA Canvas is a pretty dumb thing to mess around with if you have an RTX card. Have you done this, John? You messed around with this. Did you have done what? Oh, the NVIDIA Canvas? Yeah. Yes, I did. What'd you think of Sorry, that? Sorry, I got real caught up on finding out if I had a TPM chip, <laughs> and it yeah. ended up amounting to nothing. Oh, good. So that was a waste of time. It's dumb. It's a dumb, fun thing. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have a lot of news stories, so I saw it, and I was like, well, let me try it, and I downloaded it. And it's this kind of weird thing. So you have to have an RTX card in order to to run this thing. I don't really know why. It doesn't seem like it's something that would require it, but apparently it does. But basically it opens up what looks like kind of a rudimentary... Uh, it looks probably a bit more like Adobe Photoshop, but essentially it's paint. And on one side, you've got the canvas you draw on, and on the other side, it outputs to another canvas, and you draw a really shitty paint picture and then it converts it into a like Bob Ross painting. And it's extremely dumb, but it's also extremely fun. And uh, that also looks to me like it, uh, that looks like shortcuts for studios to not pay really good artists and instead pay dumbasses to do this. That kind of stuff makes me nervous. Just a little nervous, you know? Like if it's good enough, it's AI assisted, whatever. That's probably why the card's needed, because um, there's doing it's doing some crazy number crunching. But um, I'm watching the video right now. If you, if you can have somebody just sit down and say, "Look, we need a, um, a a spaceship that's hovering just above an ocean scene with a bunch of mountains around it, and uh, we need that for our next Mass Effect game," uh, and it, let's say it's just they're doing it for concept art. That's kind of it, like. That seems that seems bad, man. I don't know. I don't know. Bad for artists, I mean. Easy, better for studios who want to save money. Um, but I don't know how I feel about that. We'll I feel like it needs to be implemented in a technology that isn't necessarily uh, an art way. I mean, here's where it would be great. You know, you know what studios keep getting busted for, and it sucks that they get busted for it because they shouldn't be doing it. It's wrong. Like it's one of the, it's a pretty terrible thing. Mm-hmm. But video game studios keep getting in trouble for stealing art to just have a painting somewhere yeah. on a wall in their game, and they're like, "Oh, just grab this image, throw it on the painting. There we go. We got art." Uh, and then the artist goes, "Excuse me, Uncharted. Uh, that painting was." I think it was uh, Assassin's Creed concept art that they put in Uncharted by mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, like that kind of thing doesn't happen if you have something that can just turn squiggles into uh, an original piece of fake looking art. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's a good implementation of the technology. Stop stealing from the Assassin's Creed team, Naughty Dog, <laughs> and just use you NVIDIA Campus. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll see if any comes of it. Obviously, they're not they're not showing any like character creation. That's a big part of concept art, so I don't it looks like they're safe for now. This is all environmental stuff, best I can tell. Uh the Steam sale began, the summer Steam sale. So if you have something on there you haven't already bought, now's a good time to hop in there and see what the deals are. I've seen all kinds of deals on things I already own. So kind of one of those uh stale sales for me where I'm not seeing much. Although, oh, I did pick up uh one of the games I'm gonna talk about today. I picked up Cooking Simulator for ten bucks, and uh, it was like half off. Nice. So I was like, "Sweet, I'll grab this that." On Steam, yeah. Um, but other than that, 
not a lot on there that I either don't have or don't want. So I, I, did you guys see anything, John, anything jump out and go, oh, got to have that game? No, I haven't dove too deep into it just yet, but it's it's always so hard because the stuff that I'm into is still current enough to where it's not uh, it's not the best deal. Mm-hmm. Although, you know what's funny is every time they do one of these sales, I end up going to that uh, Steam point shop where you can buy oh, yeah. you know, their weird little stickers and backgrounds and all of that, yeah. and they have Mass Effect items now. <gasps> And so I'm really tempted to spend my Steam points that I earned for my Dragon Beef Final Fantasy review because people have been gifting me them on some sweet Mass Effect items. <laughs> Seems like oh. a good use of those points. Yeah. That reminds me what I wanted to say when I was distracted during the Windows 11 thing is because I was logging into the Windows Store to see if my purchases were available, like if I could download Cyberpunk on my Windows Store purchase yeah. on my PC, which I can't find it. Yeah. Um, and then I saw the refund button for Mass Effect Legendary Edition, so I filled out a refund request. You did, you did it here. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can get my $81 back? I think maybe I'll do that. Yeah, um, we talked about last week you were, you were having buyer's remorse a little bit over that. Oh, I think they might have refunded it to me. It says total zero now. Hmm. They're, really, they're really good at that. Nice. Microsoft has a oh quick God. refund system. They're faster than I Steam. I mean, I don't feel bad. I bought Cyberpunk for a second time on the Xbox platform and Witcher, so I mean, I've given them money. Oh, yeah, they're fine don't you shouldn't feel bad they have the they have the system for a reason thing is i asked for store credit because i was being humble but i actually would prefer just to have the money back they gave me the money right back i'm going to steam i lied well done well done <laughs> i'm gonna buy rogue book everyone that's, that's happening now. oh shit i want to hear about rogue book i guess you haven't played it yet so we can't talk about it. i haven't it. played it but uh maybe tonight maybe yeah i've been seems good this this uh little little binge i've been on with the card games has been kind of a problem i've been jumping back and forth bo's been playing them too and i a rogue book is definitely on my radar i want to see if that's good or not um all right well anyway look for the deals because now's the time now's the time for the deals and uh if you like all let's say is i refunded mass effect and lived to tell the tale yeah as well which bummed me out but i also understand why you did i totally get it i just i'm just not ready for it right now i think like and it's just it's a lot of game you know mm-hmm. and then i dropped 80 like it's gonna be on if it goes on game pass i'll be so mad it probably will. I mean, it will eventually because this is an EA product and all of their games, even their big premiere ones, after a time go on Game Pass or go on EA Play, yeah. which is part of Game Pass. So it, it remasters for sure qualifies like shovelware once they're past their sell by date and, and these kinds of things. So like, yeah, for sure, it's going to end up. Uh, so, yeah, I'm glad this is actually a happy ending for me. So. I'm sorry. The chat room just posted. I need to break in here with some breaking news. Posted a link to something called chair chair simulator. What is this? What is Chairs. What the <laughs> well, hell is this? Judging by Finally, the title. Scott, you missed one. Oh, now man. Now people are going to be more interested in this. Well, let's find out what Chair Simulator is. Um, it's free. Buy chairs, sit down, accumulate sit points through all the all-new sit point system. Spend your sit points on new chairs. The possibilities are endless. Chair Simulator has all your favorite chairs from er- Earns, whatever those are, er- Eames, uh, Stark, Starkle, Bartoli, Corbuster, Thonet. These must be brands. <laughs> Jansen, Jensen, Brewer, uh, Vander Rowe, and more. Very positive reviews. Came out May. I I don't like the dude. This dude that sits. He's annoying. He's wild and crazy. Well, I guess you can make your avatar whatever you want. These are normal people. But um, all right. So let's just see what this video shows. Okay. So we got chairs. 
think you literally just sit in chairs. Yeah, I think you do. Holy shit. Okay. Well, I, even I have my limits. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, even I have a place, I have a certain line I won't go. Oh, through. you can die in this. Yeah. It says you, you lose all your chairs. <laughs> weird. It's really weird. Are those fake wow. brands? The Wraith? Maybe they are. I don't know if you'd want I wonder to- how much money they've made off that. Like, well, I almost free. feel like I laugh at. Oh, it's free. Okay, never mind. I, I just want to say, like, we're all laughing at it. Meanwhile, this guy raked in a cool hundred k for a chair simulating program. I'm like, shouldn't well, we look, be doing this kind of thing? Some of this stuff is just bait for Twitch streamers, right? And um, this might be one of those. But that's it's not, true. It's not I'm happy these things get made. I mean, people. There's also a lot of people learning programming, so they may be developing their own indie games before they move on to do other things and do weird shit like this. Like it's yeah. Totally cool. I just wonder. I wonder sometimes about how much these like dinky little throwaway games, how much revenue they actually generate. Uh, obviously, this one's free, but you know there are some. You know those hentai puzzle games that oh, are sure, sure. forty nine cents. I'm like, are they selling two hundred thousand copies of it, or you know, like, do they make money? Are these five dollar purchases like these low effort things? Do they actually pull in? Is it a money printing situation? Like, I don't know. Um, now I've got real concerns because while you were, uh, making, sure. that, making that point. <laughs> so there's two ways you could read the title of this content update. Uh, is it a content update? Well, I'm oh, watching the stream and I see which page you're on. Oh yeah. This guy's <laughs> it's called uh, <laughs> Ch- chair effing simulator. And uh, right. and that's a suggestive uh-huh. gif. Yeah, that gif will yeah. give you. I was playing this while eating McDonald's. Oh, John, there's probably you should farm. <laughs> oh, this you should for, read this for. Her. Yeah. Oh, there's some. Yeah, Chair Simulator led to some real good Steam review uh, business. But Chair Effing Simulator. Yeah. Okay. Is we'll look at Chair thing. Effing Simulator. What is next why? Week. Why is this? Uh, what is happening? Why is this? A I mean, thing. This is a, and this has, do you buy this? Because yeah, the internet is a place where being able to laugh at how stupid something is, it's because of Shrek, Scott. It's all because it's all of Shrek. Shrek's fault. You know what? The same they, they, people that are like, it's funny because it's Shrek are like, it's funny because effing a chair. The developer name is So Sorry Soft. <laughs> all in word. <laughs> really funny. Do they make they any know. other games? Is that their only uh, thing? I don't know. You have to click on it. I'm just. I'm actually watching your live stream while I, I do that. I'm I don't want to go to chair effing simulator. What will everyone think? I'm afraid to click computer. it. I don't want to. I don't want to know more. Oh, about that, yeah. You should see my browser history for the dear Martha reviews, man. Oh yeah. I hope you don't start getting like. If they're going to start giving you what's the word I'm looking for, um, uh, your your algorithm's going to get all effed up. Because you, uh, you know, you've been searching for weird games uh, for their review. Well, it already did, but it said it was because I played Resident Evil Village. Oh, yeah. And I was like, why am I seeing this game? It's like, because you played Resident Evil Village. I was like, oh, okay. Well, sure. Yeah. Why not? Um, I found a GIF that John's going to love. Let me put it up here on the chat or on the video, and then I'll send it to John in the Discord. Uh, Yeah. That's why. That's why chair effing simulator is a thing yeah, because of that, right? Because of that. Now, my daughter showed her little boy uh, Shrek the other day for the first time. The movie, yeah, mm-hmm. not this gift. And um, he, <laughs> not this one. She did that, and he was so, so into it. He sat there for the hour and a half that that movie is didn't budge. Um, 
didn't make a peep, didn't move, didn't get restless, watched it from top to the very bottom. And the minute the credits started to roll, he turned to her and burst into tears because it was over. Now he's two years old. What is that even about? What is going on with Shrek that it's that compelling for a two-year-old? It's not even it's not even a musical. It's like a lot of talking and, you know, I don't know, man. But it's like primal fairy tale stuff, right? Like they wink, wink, yeah. nudge, nudge. But there is there is an element of it, and you're too. That stuff's impressionable. I, I like the Shrek movie. So is it? Is this another Phantom Man of Steel where it's not cool to like Shrek? I, I thought like Shrek, Shrek was okay. I like Shrek. Shrek's okay. fine. Yeah. It's, it's okay a good to like. Movie. It's okay to remember. like Shrek. It's just become a meme. Is the thing. And it's, and it's like like even think about how progressive it is. The donkey has sex with a dragon, and they have dragon donkey mm-hmm. kids. Like that's. That's pretty awesome. Not a lot of cartoons do that, you know, like modern society. I really respect that level of imagination and commitment to to that kind of thing. I don't know. Can't help but respect it. Uh, Sorry, I'm just noticing some of these. uh, uh, While I was there, an ad popped up for uh, Nintendo Life is talking about the new Mario Golf Super Rush reviews that are coming in. And uh, it seems like the game's doing okay, review-wise. That's good news for you. You like the golf I games. do. I'm playing that tomorrow. I think I'll download that tomorrow. That's happening. Or tonight. Maybe I'll preload it. All right, because tomorrow's the big release date. Let's move on uh, to this story here about fat black chocobos. Uh, John, John found this story. He's going to have to explain himself uh, to humanity here for why he pulled this story. So, John, what is okay, the story? Look, What's going on? Here, here's the deal. Uh I've gotten a lot of feedback. I talk a lot about Final Fantasy on this show because mm-hmm. it's a game I've been playing pretty consistently for a while now. Yep. And uh, as a result, we we have a lot of listeners who already played, and I've gotten a lot of messages from people who have picked up the game since then because I talked about it here. So for their benefit, I'm going to tell everybody that Twitch has partnered up with Final Fantasy fourteen. And you can get a fat black chocobo. <laughs> so, so is this just a uh, is this a new model? Is this just them stretching that thing out? Like, what did they do? Do you know? So this mount existed in the game before, but it was it had become unobtainable. And now, if you so it's a it's a whole thing. You have to go to particular Twitch streamers when they're streaming, and you gotta buy subs or whatever. You can find out all about it. Just Google it if you really want a fat black chocobo. It's in the game again. You have a way to get it. I'm not going to lie. 90% of the reason that this story is on here is, well, the 10% is because it was a very slow news week. Yeah, The 90% is because I really wanted to seriously talk with you guys for a, a small period of time. About the fat black chocobo. Yeah, of course. So I see that it comes with a lure Horrible. here where you got like a cabbage on a on a fishing reel and she's like luring it. Yeah, like so that. so the the chocobo will run on the ground. It, you use a fishing pole to lure it with food. Yeah. Uh you know, because it's fat and therefore all it wants it's to do is eat. eat. Yeah. Yeah. It's not problematic at all. And hey, here's the cool thing is if you want it to fly or if it jumps you switch to a second fishing pole that has cake on it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that would make if I had a choke if I was a chocobo and I ate cake instead of cabbage, I would gain more weight for sure. 
Does, yeah. I mean, he, the idea he, is that okay. he will flap his little wings harder for cake, thus he can fly. So he okay. So can he? But does he get larger with the cake? Or was this an actual caloric? He doesn't soda? eat it. He doesn't ever get it. He never catches. Oh, he food. just wants it. Okay. Yeah, it's a sad story. Can and, you name him? You know. Can yeah. Give him, like, I mean, like you can name him whatever you want. Can you name Frederick. him? No, I mean. I don't mean just for you to call him. I mean, can I like <laughs> right click him and give him a name, like type a name and have it be his name, kind of Henry style? Can I do that? No, you can get a mount that you can name like that, but it's uh, it's specifically one chocobo that you can do that with. Kefazex in the chat says it's a metaphor yeah. for playing MMOs. He's right. <laughs> not, not wrong. No. Yeah. Well, well in actually, world. Yep. <laughs> there is one more that is maybe a little more on the nose, which is you can spend, I think it's $40, and you can buy a whale. Oh, my Lord. A, Why? You can buy a space whale mount. Oh, to fly on? Yeah. Okay. It seats like 10 people or something <laughs> like that. It's ridiculous. I hate that, By the, as an aside, I hate that we're here when it comes to MMOs. That is not what MMOs should be at all. I it's a virtual agree. world. I kind of agree. I, I hate that that's all we focus on when it comes to MMO conversations. It's like the last thing an MMO is anything about a, a grindstone. It's a virtual world. Play in it. Like, yeah. yeah. People want to meme it up and, you know, have their, they want their Shrek in their in their MMO as well. That's what they want. Well, they want their reputation bars. Like, I don't know. I think this is more a money-making thing. It's not really a player thing. Like, the, the, You know what I mean? I don't know. Let's not get into it, but I just it's sad that we're here. Yeah, we're here, and it's, and it's sad. You're right. I feel like, you know what? You can put a lot of this the feet of Blizzard. They made MMOs weird and, and, and have humor and put in characters that look like Mario and Luigi, but call them Lario and Waligi or whatever the hell they did. Well, that's okay. I mean... The, that's I know, but that leads. Okay. Those are all Bo's gateway just drugs. Talking about the, Bo's just talking about the money story. I'm just talking about the money. Like oh, that okay. Ke- Kefex's comment is so on the nose, right? That yeah. this is a metaphor for playing MMO, MMOs? Yeah. It shouldn't be. It should make no sense. It should be like, what? What are you talking about? Like, Did you guys, anyway. guys see that Carbot? Well, I know you did because it was in our Slack, but that yeah. Carbot animation, dude. Oh, my gosh, dude. That yeah, was that was. We, 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 I thought maybe we had talked about it on the show. We didn't. No, it's no, been in the week. I, we talked about it in Slack. Yeah. It was really good. It was really just on the nose, and I guess surprising considering how much collaboration he, or whatever he's done with. Well, let me Blizzard. tell you guys. I have a secret to tell you guys. So, a secret. I have a confession. <laughs> I was gonna um, say good because it's just us. Scott. <laughs> it's just no us. Okay, yeah. Chat room, ignore this. <laughs> um, no, here's here's my here's my confession. Um. I've tried really, it's been a challenge for me to do this, but I feel like I've done it okay. But um, since about 2018 or so, Blizzard's just, it started, we're seeing the seams, the Activision interference, the stuff, you know, there's a lot of the real, that real stuff's happening. People leaving the company constantly, changes, firings that were weird, the Blizzchung thing, just all the messy stuff around the Blizzard thing. And I'm a content creator who has been making Blizzard-based content since, oh my gosh, 2000 and six officially and before that just all the time right just been covering them forever yeah and um you know if i tried i could probably get the instance in the world guinness book of world records for the longest running blizzard slash wow focus podcast probably i don't know it's probably of any mmo probably maybe um there's been plenty of them but the longest running i think we probably hold the record but the point is like i've been around it for a long time and i have fanboyed within that time hardcore and in these last few years it's gotten weird 
And as it's gotten weird, I've had to struggle with this feeling of like, man, I'm really grateful for them and their products and their people there and still am in many ways for all sorts of things in my life uh, that I've enjoyed about being a part of it. And some of that is really cool opportunities like being asked to stand up in front of 30,000 attendees at BlizzCon and, and host a Q&A and do that again this year for their virtual one. Like those those are real those are honors for me. I really really think, you know, there's some of my favorite moments in my professional life or otherwise. Um but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that happens over there and within World of Warcraft itself that I just don't like right now. And so trying to find this balance of being critical and also just dealing with my own sort of feeling of loss when 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 things aren't what they were with the company at one time or at least my own perception of it has changed you know all of that has been just kind of tricky and difficult and i've you know i've i wanted to always be as transparent and honest on the shows as i can be um and not cover that stuff up when i'm feeling a certain way about it but also when they're doing something well still be there for that and the reason i'm bringing all of this up is because that Carbot animation was actually a weird relief for me. Because finally somebody else who also owes a great deal, maybe the entire deal to Blizzard as his inspiration, yeah. Carbot doesn't exist without all that stuff. Or at least, you know, it's best as you could tell in a world without Blizzard, is there even Carbot animations on a very popular YouTube channel, and that guy's got a career out of it. And like, the StarCraft remaster has a whole built-in... <laughs> you can change over to his art style. Like this guy yeah. is as deep as it's you can deep get. As, as you can get, exactly. And company. he was he has also had multiple stage opportunities at the event. Um, he followed one of ours one year, 2017, when we did our little mini panel in the community area. He he went up and showed his process and how he did stuff. So in a lot of ways, it's like we share some of that like love for what it was and what it can be. But this seeing that animation made me go, oh. Well, yeah, he's also frustrated, and he and he and he let it out in his way. Like this is his his way of showing his frustration and doing it in a very uh, Carbot kind of way. And I, I don't know. I just felt I felt really good about that because it was this moment of like, well, I'm clearly I'm not the only only one who feels this way, and probably that was probably hard for him. You know, I don't know. I haven't talked to him, but I have to imagine it was difficult to like really let that go let that thing put out there in in light of all of what i just said so anyway it's just interesting right Uh, made me less it made me feel less uh, because i have let it out i have said especially on the instance and even here on core i have gotten very critical of blizzard in the last couple of years and i've done so vocally but it's just nice to feel other content creators feeling okay about doing that like asmo gold we knew he'd say stuff because he says stuff that's what he does he's he has no he doesn't really have a, a uh, barrier. He just lets it rip. It's partly why he has mm-hmm. an army of followers and they all love his stuff. And that's to be expected when he's frustrated or whatever it may be. Um, but for the rest of us, you know, we try to try to, uh, and that's, that's not a slam against him. It's just his method for the rest of us. We're trying to create a positive environment and trying to have a place where, you know, we can, we can focus on the good, not as much the bad, but there's been so much weirdness and so much quote unquote badness and, and whatever, you know, I've had to say a lot of those things. And then later I'm like, oh, it just feels bad saying it. I'm not going to not say it, but it just feels bad. Seeing his animation, I was like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's a car bot. He's a, that's a big deal. I don't feel so bad anymore. Yeah. So, And it, it, it wasn't 
again, I, 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 we're trying to be fair, but like Asmongold and and those kind, the Bellular's one that comes up a lot too. Like they really go to town, like it in a bad way. Like I find the way that he, you know, this isn't Carbot talking any shit. Like it's just just art how he feels. created as a reflection of but, the state you know, of, of I, for I'm feelings. Gonna, it's I'm different. Gonna say and it's I better. disagree on that because mm. I. I know what it's like to care and to be passionate and no offense, Bo, but you don't even play the game. So oh, wow. how passionate yeah. are you going to get about World of Warcraft? Yeah. Like, where's the fire for you? You got that way about Heroes of the Storm. You went on Reddit when Heroes wasn't at BlizzCon. And you posted a big long rant about it. Mm-hmm. Like that fire and that passion has to exist. And so I do think that there is a element of you look at people like Asmongold and you look at people like Bellular and you're like, man, those, these guys are really taking them to task right now. I don't think that is artifice because I feel the same way. Yesterday, I was just like, man, am I excited about 9.1? Do I care? I- am I into it? And the very first thing I read looking up 9.1 news was something that pissed me off royally. And I went on Twitter and ranted about it. And I'm not even playing the game right now. And I'm pretty sure I'm not going to play the game when 9.1 comes out. Because I don't think it's good right now. Mm. And Mm. it's hard. Because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for World of Warcraft. I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now if it wasn't for World of Warcraft. I wouldn't be podcasting if it wasn't for World of Warcraft. So You wouldn't have a round table. Yeah, I get <laughs> the round table isn't a round table anymore. It's right. me and Ben talking about whatever BS we want to talk about because we shut that thing down because every week it was just us going, oh, I hate this game right now. Like it wasn't directly that we were trying to be positive, but it was just like, I don't know. Sylvanas is cool. Maybe yeah. like it just wasn't good. Yeah. And so I, I think it's just a case of, you know, a lot of people's identities are tied up in these things. And it can get passionate, and it can get heated, and it can be all these things. And I don't think that's actually a poor reflection on the creators. I think there's an earnestness there. And I think for a lot of people that maybe aren't as in deep or aren't feeling it, they miss that. And they go, oh, these people are just being salty. But let me tell you, when they talk, there is a point there. And there is a point they're making. I wasn't saying that. I was just saying that they would... Even if this was WoW's best days, they'd still be making shit videos. That I think that's why I don't want to get lumped in with people who create that way personally. Like, because that's just not yeah. My you style. could argue that's in all. the best of days, those guys had a like they're right because the clock's line, right yeah. twice a day, so they're complaining, and now everything's is bad. That's so a fair they're, point. They're, they look like heroes, but they've been doing like I remember even years ago on the front page of Warcraft. You go to Warcraft and install this game, and then you see the top ten hottest threads, and they all be f Blizzard. Like, like I mean, why would you show that on your main page? You know, like there have been people raging at Blizzard the whole time, and as people who try to be rational, you can, you know, I'm sure Scott, over the years, you've been called out for being a shill a billion times. Oh, because all the time. Yeah. You choose not to be a sensationalist about it. Yeah. it. Just so happens that all the sensationalists get to be right right now. So there's definitely. Know, a I, I don't respect that. I don't respect their way they do their things. Sure. Uh, but I respect you guys in the way that you do it. So John, if you're saying that, like I sit up and pay attention, but I'm not. I guess that's more what I'm trying to say is is there are people who may who've made a hobby out of it or just are just negative people and that because content creation is just create yourself then if you're that kind of person maybe that's the kind of content you put out there but it gets lots of engagement regardless because there's always um not miscreants but uh you know uh, 
There's always people looking to argue and stuff over the internet all the time or just feel well, shitty about can, things. You can but. get down into like algorithms and stuff like that. I mean, you right. click doesn't we don't even need to use a, a name of a known person because that suddenly gets tribal. You could be a brand new say you're a big content creator. You put all your videos out and people click the one where you're like, wow, the worst game ever. You're going to get flagged for more content like this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. and now exactly. all of a sudden you're going to see every video where that streamer was particularly salty about things. But you go into their library and you don't see the four videos that were uploaded about, hey, I think this is a great change. Here's something cool. Here's a lore deep dive, whatever. You're just seeing the, here's why I think this is the worst game ever made and you know that that expands up to politics and all sorts of stuff that's why facebook's in trouble it's just the nightmare society we live (laughs) but that's uh, to bring it back to carbot that's why it was really great because you can spend an hour you know blah 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 about it or you can you know as an artist you probably spent lots of hours working on this thin thing and in two or three minutes pretty much capture the feeling of what a lot of us are feeling or seeing from the outside because yeah. I'm not playing this expansion. And so. it's, it's a poignant, it felt very poignant and personal from him and uh, um, not just a, Hey, I know what you all want to hear here. It is. Here's what you want to hear. It wasn't like, it didn't feel like that. Um, the, the guy clearly has had massive passion for all their games. Like he's clearly a born, you know, in the blood blizzard dude. But although here, maybe a little more into heroes than Overwatch, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> there's Fair. definitely a little bit of a bias there yeah. that I appreciate that I really like. He was probably pretty sad about how things went for heroes toward that same year, 2018. But anyway, I just, I just seemed like a thing to bring up. Um, I don't know how we went from fat black chocobos to that, but we did. And uh, well, because it's good. an analogy for what MMOs are today, which. Yeah. This isn't a critic. We we focused it on Blizzard, but I'd actually say the gaming industry as a whole. Like, I when our heyday when we were doing Heroes, one of my number one pros about Heroes was no achievements, right? No things to fill, and, and even the levels. I'm like, they're pretty optional. They're they're not trying to behavioral science me to death on getting these levels up on there. So, I was this was a big praise for Heroes of the Storm for me, but the entire industry. I mean, this is ESO, this is Final Fantasy, Black Desert, but you name it. I'm really looking forward to Lost Ark, the Diablo like oh, MMO. Yeah, dude. But I know it's gonna be full of this garbage. I mean, even I love Warframe, it's full of that garbage. Like this is video game companies have had tried to find a way to monetize, offering something for free while trying to get you, but nobody feels good about getting got. Like it's a it's a long term feels bad thing. And it's more than just money, just getting your false engagement over shitty objectives and shitty content to get you to log in every day to maintain numbers for stakeholders. No one wants to be a company's science experiment or like sucker like and as these these things become more and more transparent, we lose respect for the game even when we don't want to, you know, And, and I just think. That's everywhere. No matter what game, whether it's Assassin's Creed or soccer, I have XP bars to fill up, and I've got things to. What about just a game? Mm. This is this is an RPG mechanic that turned out to be really useful for all these games, but completely unnecessary. Again, why I like Doom, the Doom, what the Doom's done because there's stuff to fill up, but it's very modest. And I think games should focus less on these filler things mmos and otherwise and more on meaningful mechanics of a game that's what real game design is and yeah. you can see it now every dream haven is blizzard like that's 
I don't. It won't be on the scale of it, obviously, but uh, clearly Mike Morheim left and started his own company and took a bunch of talent with him for a reason. So oh, yeah, no, he's doing um, it again. Yeah. He's starting over. He's, yeah. he's trying. He's yeah. taking what he's learned and he's gonna do it again. Yeah. yeah. Um. Real quick here, Lost Ark. Just a side note. Uh, the yeah. very popular. So this has been in Korea forever. Uh, twenty fifteen is when I first heard of it. Um, and it's finally coming here, like the thirty first. Uh, Steam has pre-purchased stuff uh, for twenty-five bucks, fifty bucks, and hundred bucks, and it's all like you know, founders pack, gold pack, silver pack, whatever. I can't tell if there's actually just a retail game in here or if it's a free-to-play game, there's and a, these are just some bonusy pack. Packs. There's a twenty-hour demo, according to one of the Steam reviews. I'd still double-check that, but I think it's. Uh, I think you get like a port, a very small portion of the game that's available if you buy this. Okay, so that explains these reviews because right now this review is set at uh, we're at overwhelmingly positive, and everybody has nothing but like raves to say about oh. this thing. They must have all paid for one of those demos then, or the then yeah. Let me let me use my Mass Effect money to buy to buy a Founders Pack. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I literally we were talking about this game like a half a year ago, and it was like only available in Korea and Russia. And it was a whole bunch of finagling to get yourself into Russian internet and sign up for a Russian email account so you could play the Russian version of the game. And I was like, oh, I'm going to wait. Yeah, I don't want to deal with it. Finally it's be coming. Here. It's yeah, coming. Be here December. I have a lot of and hype it, for this one in my head. So I'm kind of excited about it, even if all it's... Right. Well, oh, I'm going to give it a try. Like, I, I've been so hyped for so long about this game. I will get a silver pack. and It will be I'll free to play, you. which I have no problem with. Um, I, I don't uh, have a problem with free to play when free to play does free to play right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was bother. a quick backpedal from Bo. He's like, I'm going to spend my Mass Effect money. Here it goes. Yeah. And then Scott's like, it will be free to play. Yep. Well, hold on now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just back it up. I guess you just get, you won't get access to the early, early, uh, alpha, or, you know, the play that you're going to get. No, but there will be some game. Like if I'm just buying resources, uh, sure. I'm just so excited. It actually looks really good. It looks insane. Oh, it looked in 2015. I remember losing my brain going, oh my gosh, dude, bring this here. What are we doing? And um, by all accounts, everybody I've talked to uh, who played the Russian version and who've played the Korean version, they said all, you, all the only thing this thing really was hinging on was like a good translation. Uh, but un, but underneath, it's like really solid mechanics, like feels amazing to play, graphically really impressive, you know, like Diablo, but but deeper. Like, I don't know. There's some neat stuff going on. So we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. when that gets here later this year. All right. Moving on to this week's Dear Martha Steam review. And this week, uh, we're going Russian again because, uh, nice. well, John said we had to, so we're going to. Um, I lost my Russian music. No, I didn't. It's right here. So I'm going to play this Russian music, and then John's going to just tell us what it is. I'm not going to give any other hints except to say this is a, let's call it a, a Death Stranding review. Okay, we'll tell you that much. Uh, John, here, take it away. My dearest Martia, I present to you a review for Death Stranding. Recommended. (laughs) If you say yes to any of the below, the game is for you. You are very vocal about the fact that The Postman is the best movie ever made. (laughs) Two, Iceland is definitely in your top holiday destination. But deep down, you like sun, so you don't go there. (laughs) Three, the FlexTrek 37 trillion is a very well-made commercial. 
four. Your fear of interacting with people extends to video game NPCs. Five. You do not understand what's the fuss about Inception or Tenet. It really is not that complicated. <laughs> Disagree. Yours in this life and the next, Pepe. <laughs> Pepe? Pepe. Pepe. Okay. Pepe. Pepe. All right. <laughs> That's fantastic as always. Now, what we've been playing. It's been chore core week for Scott. Don't worry. I'm not going to be super long with this, okay? I'm not going to freaking drag this out. But here are the games that I decided I wanted to compare to each other. And uh, we'll see how this goes. So we've been playing House Flipper. That's one of them. Shipbreaker had a new update. Wanted to check out that. They revamped uh, the level seven ships completely, and I wanted to see how that all went, and I'm happy to report it went really well. Uh, then there's some you haven't heard of, perhaps. Rover Mechanic Simulator. Rover. Okay. Now, by Rover, specific. it's not a dog. Uh, it's uh, rovers like Mars, Mars ro- like Mars rovers, yeah. So you're gotcha. actually in a base on Mars, and you're alone, and you got to fix rovers when they come in broken and you got to send them back out to do whatever rover work they're doing very polished very pretty version of one of these games uh mech mechanic simulator which i've talked about on the show before we work on mechs that and rover i swear are probably in the same universe they feel very similar those two games then i played something called train station renovation and okay i want to ask about this <laughs> yeah, go ahead. because scott i have a weird like like maybe secret obsession yeah. with like the idea of like model trains and maybe trains in general. Oh my Lord. Like I might have a weird like passion for this, but it seems like it's just the train station, but maybe that's okay. How is this game? And what is this? game? Okay. So I'll let's pause on train station renovation. That game is the closest comparison is house flipper in terms of mechanics. Okay. So what you do is you're being hired as like a fix-it dude with a truck, although you don't drive in it. You just arrive there. And you get sent around to these old train stations that are in like various state of dilapidation. And that could be anything from some of the railroad ties are loose, so we need to replace those, to there's graffiti on the station wall. Get rid of that. The old desk inside's all beat up. Buy a new one. That kind of thing. Um, You also have big... you, you, You basically place big trash containers like big uh big ones where you you've got to throw a bunch of shit into and you actually get money for recycling the right stuff in the right recycling bin so if you put all the plastic in this one you get cash for that you put all the glass and metal in this one you get cash for that if you don't it you don't get any money for it and that's okay too sometimes so you can have these two different kinds like these categorized money making recycling bins and then just big trash bins where you just throw stuff in you don't know what category it is Anyway, you got to clean all this area up. There's some weeds sometimes, uh, scrubbing down the thing, cleaning the floors, getting rid of all the cobwebs. Some of the stuff you've done in House Flipper, definitely in this game. Uh, the train part is mostly make the train station look nice and then get out of there and count your money. However, at your okay. office, there's an entire room that's as big as, I don't know how big, like a giant rec room style room. With one of those really decked out, you know, people that really got into model trains, just decked out model train sets with, you know, mountains and cities and towns. And it's huge. 
And as you progress in the game, you get to build that thing out and run it. So it's almost like a separate game, uh, that mm-hmm. part of the game. That part you would love if you're into model train stuff. The other part you probably like because you think House Flipper is cool. So it's kind of a combination of, of those two kinds of things. A little bit of a, you know, run your own model train s- system. And also while you're working, you're actually doing cleanup at these at these places. It's got kind of the same similar loop, sort of the same satisfaction kind of thing going on. Um, I don't think it's as mechanically satisfying as House Flipper. House Flipper is really good at like, with the exception of sucking those bugs up, almost all the mechanics are just like, oh, they feel good. This feels right how I'm doing this thing I'm doing. But the bugs yeah. just are irritating um, in House Flipper. But most of it's fine. The The stuff in uh, Train Station the Renovation is not quite as polished as some of those mechanics, but they're fine in the end. They're okay. Um, I do like the sponge you use to get rid of graffiti. There's something about it. Yeah, I don't ways. think this is for me. I was more into the train aspect. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. sort and not of the station. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, maybe the station will be okay if it involves like I didn't know it was just going to be like, what if you were a janitor at a train station? Like, <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah, like that's kind of oh true. Oh my god! And you also, I mean, the the, the thing is, the train stations as you go, they get more complicated, very cool, like really neat, like geographically and stuff. But yeah, you're not messing with trains. In fact, there are no trains there when you're there. It's just. Uh, you know, you fixing it and getting it back in shape so it can be a decent train station. Are there are there NPCs like is there ever time where the train station sees like activity from Sims or, um, or something like? Not that I've gotten people- to. Maybe further down the road, but I've only done like I think the first three. So that would be the full experience of the train simulator renovation. Right. Well, right. it's renovation, so if you're renovating, you're closed down for business. It'd just nice. To, <laughs> it'd be nice to see the fruits of your renovation right. by passengers enjoying the train. <laughs> station because i'll tell you i mean i'm a big fan of trains like like as a passenger like going on a train and traveling somewhere yeah they're a lot of fun there's a train that runs between ottawa and toronto and one between ottawa and montreal and it's cheaper than flying Mm. takes longer but you know you get served food like trains are great Mm -hmm. trains are wonderful so Anyway, I would just like to see the people enjoying the renovations. Uh, yeah, uh, I was looking maybe. to be a little bit more of a Captain Cisco and a little less of like somebody that died when the Cardassians attacked and didn't really get mourned <laughs> ultimately. Yeah, it's I mean, kind of the that's that's true. This is this is like DS Nine when everyone went home. Although that sounds like a decent <laughs> game, I would play that. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I think I think there's a real opportunity here for a real good company to do this train station and train game mm-hmm. using the Thomas the Tank Engine IP. Mm-hmm. Considering how many appearances Thomas the Tank Engine makes in like Resident Evil and Skyrim, uh-huh. like I, I feel like a, a well done, like a good ga- solid game company with a solid licensing deal, making a really great you know train tycoon in the Thomas the Tank Engine world. My brother loved it. He watched it constantly, do, mm. do, 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 like every day. So yeah. I'm very familiar with the Ringo Starr world, well, and if, it's great. Uh, there are plenty of games like that as well. Like Train Sim World is very popular, I guess. Transport Fever 2 is a big popular game in this in this regard. So there are plenty of Train Sim games out there. If, if I'm to pick one I like the most, I think it's that Railway Empire game. Yeah, here it is. I got this free on Epic, and I actually really liked it. Basically, you're in the 1800s, and railways are new trains are new and it's a little bit more like um city builder in parts of it 
but you're not really building cities. You're building train routes and deciding, all right, coal is going from that mine to this town and then distribution to these three other towns who need coal. But then you need return trains bringing food and other goods from these towns to these towns. That's a really fun game. It's a little like playing Factorio, but with like historical train stuff. And you yeah, can it seems up your alley, per, maybe, John. Yeah, maybe. You might like that. Yeah, I don't know. I just want like, I want to build quaint little towns. Yeah. And have my train go through them in yeah. different biomes. I want your stereotypical old west town yeah. with a saloon and all that. And then I want it to go into like, you know, Christmasville. <laughs> and I want I want to hit all the train model train biomes, sure. basically. I get you. You know, I, I want that. Yeah. Well, I don't think train renovation is for you. The train station renovation is for you. <laughs> okay. Maybe a good train, a train manager. You know how FTL shows the side view of the ship? Yeah. Well, what if you get a side view and then you could pan left and right between all the cars and have to do various activities? Like in the passenger car, you got to serve the meal before they get upset. And in the coal shoveling car, you got to shovel coal. In the toilet car, you got to make that sure ca- the food is dumped out the side. I have that's, that game. That's a game? Yeah, it's called... Um, can't look at my steam list for some reason. I uh, can't find the name. It's a, but it's exactly what you just Monster described. <laughs> you go between. It's set in a. It's set in like a zombie future thing where the viruses happen while you were riding driving this train, and so oh, okay. your goal is to hurry up and get between towns before any problems happen. But it's a side view, and a thing breaks, yeah. and you go work on it, and then another thing happens. The lights go out. Okay. Got to fix that. Okay. It's pretty yeah. cool. I, but it's very indie, and I think it might be early access, and I just have to track it down. I don't know where I put. I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's just now that you we're talking about trains so much that seems like a good sort of side view mechanic strategy game like totally ripe for this and then you're on the train, yeah, and perhaps you can upgrade it. I don't, I still don't think that's what John was in the mood for. No, but, probably not. Know. If no. I had to guess, I'm I'm in. I should probably just make the game I want. Yeah. yeah. What if they yeah. added trains to Final Fantasy? Oh, I mean, they should. There's trains they all should. over Final Fantasy. It's, it should it be just, in there. It wouldn't make that, even though there are railways in World of Warcraft, it, it works because of the gnomes, but like, and the goblins. But like, I could really picture a full on magical train station in the Christmas biome and the desert biome <laughs> that you're talking about in the, in, in the World of Warcraft or the Final Fantasy uh, deal. Sure. I guess I kind of did do a train thing recently. It was probably why I was really excited about the game the other day. Mm. There was a train thing, it was not really a full on train, it was more of a cart. But yeah. it got pushed by a giant stone golem. It was pretty cool. <laughs> it's not quite a train that, that we're like traditionally used to. Uh, it was on but, train tracks. Sure, sure. Yeah, shouldn't so they put the golem that. in the furnace and burn it? That's how trains run. That's what, not, that's what, yeah, but he just pushes do. it. So, yeah. you know. Okay. Sounds all right. Uh, all right. Moving on from that, train station was fine. It's it's a very nice, it's a fine version of one of these games. But again, it you know subject matter may not appeal to everybody. Um, at least the rover mechanic simulator was like, Ooh, I'm in space. I'm on Mars. No one's here. I can do trippy Mars shit. Like it's, it's, you look out the windows and there's a bunch of wrecked. Uh, it's like almost a, it's this horrible future where, where we've just sent too many rovers to Mars and, and your job is to like fix that problem. Anyway, uh, that's then, a cool idea. Yeah, actually. it's cool. I liked it. Okay. I did play some more power washer simulator. I forgot. I squeezed that in here. <laughs> I still think that one might be one of my current favorites. Um, while in early access, still, it's it's got the most potential for just a very satisfying one of these chore core games. Because um, just power washer, dude, they're so cool. I want a real one. I totally want one. 
Uh, I played. I, I forgot like about this, this one. next one. You just wrote bus. Yeah, this is. You game. were very detailed <laughs> on all your other de- like game descriptions. <laughs> oh, yeah. and then you just wrote the word bus. That's because this game is called bus. Uh, <laughs> it's the bus. You mean? I'm sorry, right? the bus. Yeah, it's the bus. Sorry. You showed you showed us to uh, uh, briefly this on a recent previous episode. Yeah. So and bus is weird. It's this. European game in early access, very early access, I would say. I think it's got a long way to go before it's done. However, the concept's pretty good. It's it's very pretty. It looks very nice. You're at an airport to start with in Germany. You load up the bus and you take them to their destination. That's the game. You know what? (laughs) That's kind of what I want in the train game. Yeah. Except... I, I want it. I want the train biome. Right. And this is all, you know, big wheel and you got to be, be careful backing up and it's all that shit with at least with a train. It's, you know, unless you're. Oh, and, and it has all them. the bus buttons. I'm, I'm watching the trailer. Oh, and all of point, it. You know, because, you know, buses have a lot of buttons on them and you're like, what do all of them do? Yeah. So you you have all those buttons. It looks like it's got here. everything. I mean, I uh, it, it, it's got some, you know, lesser control schemes where it's like, hey, do you just want to have an automatic gear thing and, and steer and go back and forward, forward and backward. Yes, you can do that. But if you want to go totally nuts, you can get a lot more semi with it. Um, it's got a radio and you can change the channels and listen to the stuff. And you got the mirror looking at all the people sitting in your bus and you take them to their destinations. And you know, you keep leveling up stuff like better tires, faster engine, all that shit. Um, the one thing I'm not seeing is the you know the guy that inevitably gets on the bus that has like a ten foot cloud of bo and alcohol <laughs> piss smell. I assume they all do, but this is yeah. Germany. They're a little more efficient yeah. there. I don't know. Maybe they don't have that problem. I don't they know. Have I just plenty of alcohol that guy in Germany. Was always there, and he always like the bus will be full of people, and you're like, I sure hope he doesn't talk to me, and he always talks to talks you. Talks to you anyway. Yeah. John, yeah. you're very tall. Somebody, don't make eye contact. Just don't make eye contact. But John's, John's one of those guys. To. I always. Yeah, I you're always one of those guys. I think you look like you might want to have a conversation. I don't know why that is. You just do. The the way you get caught is because I can't believe the bus driver is letting them on the bus and you're looking and then they see you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's best just to it's go true. like put your go like this and go okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm just sleeping here. Ignore me. I mean, I told you guys the story about the guy who hit me with a, like a meat stick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm, yeah. Like yeah. that that's my experience any public place where someone kind of weird shows up. Yep. Like I either get hit with a meat stick or talk to about usually it's about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, they want to you look like a guy is ready for Jesus. That's what they think. That's what they think's going <laughs> yeah. on. Uh the game is very the one thing I did want to mention it's very pretty. The outdoor like sunny day uh graphics. It looks like you're in a real city. They're it's all based on actual cities, so everything's geographically super realistic and very detailed. The interiors of the bus are super detailed. Like it's just, it's a pretty pretty intense uh effort so far and looks good actually. I don't like- know if it's going to be my jam. Like what I would prefer here is if they said space bus driver and you know like take me somewhere weird that's why i like the mech simulator more than i like mechanic or mech mechanic simulator than i like doing it with like say cars well cars are things we all have and it's kind of boring everyday stuff i would rather do you know like for example oh i forgot to tell you this house flippers got a um a, a cyberpunk uh thing in it so a mod or? it's not a mod. It's like a free add on they did. So basically you can go mm. renovate certain homes, houses and apartments that are set in 
total cyberpunk future. And in those apartments, the jobs you do, the furniture you add, the stuff you make or whatever, they're all unique items that look like you're just pulled right out of cyberpunk. It's awesome. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so there's there's opportunities for that sort of stuff for these games. The cooking game I got is getting an apocalyptic update that lets you pretend like you're making food in a you know in an apocalypse and you got to you know make do with what you have and it's all shitty kitchen and that sort of stuff like there's 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 some fun being had underneath but on the surface like the bus is just the bus it's the bus you're taking the bus yeah now this is space shuttle 2020 and you were in you know you're this was on mars or venus that that would be more interesting to me just from a, a an aesthetic but uh i don't know it's still okay for chorecore it's all right uh, then you got your, <laughs> then you got this one, which I played and was amazed by and then quit the fastest because it's just too real for me. And it was PC building simulator. Which oh, I've I, heard of this. I had this in does my, it I, have, does yeah. it have a Henry Cavill mod? No, there's no Henry Cavill mod. Dang it. But there's mods for everything. You want to make a Falcon Northwest freaking exact based on the exact case PC video card of a certain model, make whatever. Like all that's in there. It does have support from uh, Steam Workshop, so people are making all sorts of stuff. Uh, old Alienware computer, the, things like that. The campaign is basically just well. The reason, okay, so the computers in it that are represented are kind of modern-ish, right? Like stuff in the last, let's say, ten years. But immediately, I worked for a company that made computers in the nineties. <laughs> And this just reminds me of making computers in the 90s. Literally, like, open it up, lay it out, blow the dust out. All oh, that video card's acting up. Replace the fan. Got to order the fan. Well, that'll take a day. All right. Well, maybe what if we put rush shipping on it? Okay, it'll be here in the morning. Like, all of those things are in this. And it made it feel like I was working for that company again. And I didn't like it there. So <laughs> I stopped because it made me feel like I'm working back there again. I got um, another question. Yeah. This one's not about Henry Cavill. No. Is there a part where you spend 35 to 45 minutes trying to get the pop and lock fan attached to the uh, processor and it's supposed to be easy, but it doesn't work. You push it down and then the other side pops up and then you push that side down and the other side pops up. Not, you do that dance forever. Not yet, but there are plenty of moments of, wait a minute, the screw I just took off, did that? take it off the card or is that off the little clip that holds the cards now i gotta find that figure out where that which one i'm supposed to remove like there's a lot of fiddly there on purpose i think because they want you to you know they want you to feel that um and they do it's definitely got that those some of those moments but it's pretty good it's it's for what it is it's very good actually and it's it deserves its overwhelmingly positive reviews it currently has on on steam this came out in 2019 so it's a little older now um, but you can do some pretty wacky stuff and I just made me feel like this old job and I, and I, it wasn't even the job I hated. It was the people there that I didn't like. Um, they were all kind of dicks the people. Yeah. But it was a nineties era thing. Everybody was trying to make PCs. It was a weird time. So I know that, but yeah, also, it just reminds me of every family member going like, you're good with computers. Can you come take a look at what's wrong with my computer? And yeah, like So too. many times oh, I've never yeah. worked on fancy fast computers. It's always like, I still have this 486. Yeah. Um, but these, my email on some of these have like Buy a new computer. these have water cooling and LEDs and you know there's all that stuff in here for the more complex builds and everything but you're also doing like ben, uh, benchmark tests and you're doing um, virus removal on some of them and it just is too real like that stuff gives me 
anxiety because I lived through that era of, and it's still maybe that way today, but it, I lived through the nineties and the nineties were an era of everyone has a virus and everyone's fan sucks and everyone's hard drive broke and everyone's everyone's everyone's. And the computers were expensive. Yeah. It wasn't like, Oh, draw, just get a new quick one for 500 bucks. It was like $3,000 for yeah. nearly anything. I think. Exactly. Like, I think exactly. So you're like, you better fix it. <laughs> so if you want to, if you want, if you love like someone, Benjamin in the chat says, I love building PCs. I think you'd love this game, Benjamin. Like, is it, cause it's very good at that. Uh, uh, the the thing you love that's what this game is and they and they clearly it's made by people who really give a shit about this sort of thing and detail and everything else um it's a pretty rad thing they also have a ton of dlc which is currently on sale uh oh my god they do have a forty dollars on sale of dlc for a pc building simulator yeah and there's tons of it esports expansion pack which is all esports based stuff um let's see razor I mean, all the razor designs wow. are in here like it's all brandy stuff it's crazy it's crazy okay anyway well, you know, great. very popular very cool thing i liked it it was fine and then the one i played today i put a clip in slack for you guys to see a very funny moment that happened in there um i don't know if you've seen it yet or not but uh oh in slack yeah i put slack it in slack room? earlier today uh and i'll put the entire video up because it turns out it was worth recording that is the cooking simulator is one of the dumbest things I've ever involved myself with, and I loved it. It was so much stupid fun. Um, do you remember the surgery simulator game? It was a, kind of a craze mm-hmm. a few years back. Yeah. It's a little like that, but not goofy. They're not trying to be goofy. It's just hard. Like, I didn't know there was physics. Like, if I swung the soup around too fast, it would spill soup all over the floor, and yet it does. Uh, if I... <laughs> Oh, that's kind of awesome. I dropped the, or I hit the plate on the wall and it shattered right before the order was due. And then I lost the order because of it after all this <laughs> cooking. Like it's just graphically very realistic kitchen stuff. Um, the recipes, I don't know what to compare this to. It's a little like. Like real mecha- cooking, it looks like. Yeah, it's like these mechanic you, games. So you got to pick up every tool, use it all, the knives, the, the, the salt shakers, the use the fridge, open it up, get the food out, take it over, cut it up. Mix it all together, put the mixer in, heat it up just right, cook it for not too long, don't burn the chicken. Um, but you can also F up and drop the fish on the floor and then put the fish back on the plate and they'll still take it and give you a good review because they didn't see you drop it. Um, you don't ever actually interact with the customers. You're just sort of doing it. There's timers on some stuff, not on other things. You can clean with a mop in between meals or in between uh, cooks. Um there's already uh, you can use a fish as a stirring spoon instead of a stirring spoon. <laughs> you can do all kinds of weird shit in there. And it's okay. In some ways it's a very straightforward sort of, hey, here's a cooking simulator, but it's clearly very gamified and they mean they mean you to have a lot of wacky fun. And I had more fun with that than I expected, and I'm going to keep playing that cuz that's my game was made for Twitch, like it's just a crack up. Um, yeah, it does it does I'm watching your clip. It's hilarious. Like everything <laughs> It does look. I like when games do that. They go so deep on the physics that it results in goofiness. You know, like it's yeah. very cool. Yeah. And Lori for real says, "Oh, Scott, that's not real cook, realistic cooking." No, I know it's not. I'm not saying it is. That's my whole point. It's no, but there must be some realism. Well, no? like, visually, they are going for realism. Everything in the game looks looks real. The recipes are recipes that you could see working. It'd be a real recipe of a soup or a dish or whatever, and the methods by which you would cook them are realistic concepts but execution is is wacky it's just like 
I don't know how to explain it. It's like, well, it's just you have mastery over your arms, but they're making it a mouse and keyboard thing. So yeah. if you knock your mouse two inches, then everything's ruined. Basically, right. you know, right, like right, right. exactly, yeah. exactly. But it, and it, and you can choose when you start between this beautiful uh, modern kitchen or an old school kind of older kitchen. Um, I had a Halloween skin on it at one point. Uh, there's all sorts hmm. of shit you can do with it. I just had so much fun for 10 bucks. I am like really happy with that purchase. So, um, that's my, that's my chore core for the week. I just, I wanted to real. Oh, but here's the bottom line. Here's the big take of all of those that I played. Uh-huh. There's lots of positive to say about almost everything in there. Buses leave me a little dry, but everything else is like really pretty cool in its own way. House Flipper, I still think, is the best at what it does. It's really good at what it does. House Flipper is a very yeah. good video game. And Cooking Simulator really stood out uh, in the end. And it's funny because I just bought it and played today before the show. And I liked it that much. And I can't wait to play that some more. So anyway, uh, I do that for the show, baby. That's why I do it. So you guys can hear how dumb stuff is and decide for yourselves if any of that's worth it. But Did you coin Chorecore? No, someone else said it in um, an email or something, and I I feel like it it works. So just, okay, but it, you're the first person I've ever heard saying that, and it, it I think it's a really good term. It's I, not if bad, anything, right? We get something positive out of this. It's Chorecore is is a great genre. It is, it is a very um uh what, what am I trying to say? It's just you know it's it's on the we, nose. It needs a genre just, name, and I think that works as well as anything would. So pretty cool it rhymes so it's got to be good quick That's side note um i played a bunch of Grifflands, a whole bunch of invisible ink and a whole bunch of tainted grail as well and i did that mostly during meetings those are great meetings games man i love it when i got to talk to a client or something and they're going on and on and on nothing like a good invisible ink run or tainted grail run or even Grifflands run it's great it's uh, we'll good talk- none of them listen to core though yeah no kidding uh, hopefully they don't. Um, but that we'll talk more about that when we get to Tainted Grail and talking to Bo because um, I, I have some thoughts there. And then um, I totally forgot to mention it last week, but I got Chivalry 2, uh, very nicely given codes by the developer for Chivalry 2 for the Xbox uh, Series X and oh, wow. PC. This was nice of them. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, I got it for both platforms. That's a cool game. I could see us playing that. Um, it's basically just melee combat in the Middle Ages, and it's great. And now I get why people love chivalry. It's such a blast. I think um, I own the first one. So I remember liking it a lot. It's just time. imagine you're yeah. like running with a giant axe going. Because yeah. you can make your do like <laughs> like yells like and they're, they're really like old English. Like they 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 speak like this. Yeah, they're like jump off his head. Yeah, it's like all that kind of stuff. And you yeah. you race toward a castle and they have all these objective modes and. You respawn after you get killed. And so in some ways, it's just like, hey, what if we took a shooter, the shooter template and made it a melee combat game and just made it really fun? And it is. There's also arrows. You can be a you can be an archer, but you're super squishy. So you got to be careful. I swear I played more than this because I own the first one. But my playtime on Steam says 3.7 hours. <laughs> I'm like, I play this very much. Tondra Gosa says it really well. It's big, dumb fun. And I agree. It's very fun. Um I'm I'm gonna keep playing more of that, and I've just been playing with randos, no friends or anything yet. But um, there's something about it, and it's bloody, like you're hacking arms off and heads off, and you know, running spears through people's chests, and they scream and croak, and you know, it's just a, it's just a big, it's just a big like the way we used to fight war simulator type thing, and uh, mm. I really like it. It's fun. 
John, you played more Final Fantasy, of course. Nothing new really to yep. share there. Just still hooked. Still got you by the wiener, that game. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. That's good. I like hearing about stuff in there. John John shares little moments with us on Slack, and it's nice to, you know, sort of play along I'm with him. I'm very grateful that he's taken the plunge because I he's told some of the story today on Slack, and I'm just glad to know more about the game because yeah. I don't think I'll dive into it, but it does sound really great. I, I'm sort of really happy for people that are really enjoying that game. Yeah, I, I yeah, too. It's, it's crazy good. I'm about to wrap up, I think. Uh, what would be the initial release content of uh, the newest expansion? Why can't I think of it? The Shadow, oh, Shadow Blood, Shadowbringers. Blood, that's it. Bloodborne um, Shadow Blooders. Yeah, got I it. think I'm on the final boss of the kind of initial main story bit before you get into stuff that was patched in. I think so. So you're up um, to oh, you're near to end game content at this point. Yeah, I'm almost there. So, I mean, I, I feel like there's still a trillion things that I could do in that game. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. And actually, the story stuff that's in patch content is very long. So I still have a lot to go. But, um, yeah, it's been it's been really good. Uh, Shadowbringers is crazy. Uh, you know, it, it's like I was telling you guys in Slack today. That is a story concession that on paper shouldn't work. It, it Narratively, it seems like a bad idea. And I've been super into it so they've mm. done a good job i don't know how they pulled it off necessarily uh steam sale um, steam sale alert it's only 16 bucks on sale 60 percent off right now on the steam sale the uh, Shadowbringer. so good deal on that oh nice yeah, not bad that's good yeah. and honestly not a terrible starting point like i know that's sacrilege to a lot of final fantasy players because yes it all ties in yes it's all one big story and all that but i wouldn't fault anybody for wanting to start at Shadowbringers and just go i want to i want to see this and there's some pretty decent quality of life stuff uh that comes in that expansion um one thing i didn't talk about on the show that i will say is worth mentioning that's very nice as somebody that is frequently trying to find time to play that game while taking care of a baby is that you can actually run the dungeons with npcs you Mm. don't have to run them with actual people in shadowbringers oh that's Um, new that's cool so and they're good they are like that's the other thing is it's not dumb NPCs that just run in and go, oh, and it's like, okay, well, we'll brute force this. They actually follow the mechanics. If you watch what the NPCs do, you can learn how to do those fights properly. Like it's genuinely really well done, which kind of explains why it's probably not implemented anywhere else in the game. Yeah. Cause they probably had to program a lot cause it's shocking how good they are at running these things. But, um, that sounds it's like really nice. um, that sounds like the companions in ESO a little bit. There's content that you can do with them now that you couldn't do alone before. Um, I don't know if it's full dungeons, but that's still pretty. That's just a cool. I like that, especially for people yeah. like us where we're like, we got to be solo a lot. Just how it is. So give us ways to play. Yeah, that's what I ran into this morning. The baby was asleep. I didn't know when he was going to get up. And I was like, well, I'm going to have a morning cup of coffee and I'm at a dungeon uh, with the story quest. So it's either I do this or I don't play. We'll just see how far I get. And we got through it. And, you know, the game balances it a little bit. It's going to take longer to do it with the NPCs. They're not quite as overpowered and, and good as players would be as far as like getting through it in a in a speedy way so you kind of sacrifice a little time and efficiency for you know 
not having to match make into it, but it's it was worth it. I was able to do it. Mm. Otherwise, I would have said, okay, well, I can't play Final Fantasy again until tonight when the baby's asleep and I know it's going to stay asleep. So yeah, yeah. that's really that's really been a, a nice thing for this expansion. Um, but the new stuff that I played this week. Oh, yeah. Tell me uh, about that. I played Wildermyth. Wildermyth. Uh, Wildermyth. Oh. That went up the papercraft game. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. Uh, this game is really cool. Um, it, it's a really neat concept. Uh, basically, it's sort of like a tactical RPG to some degree. Um, but it, in, it introduces elements of narrative control. So what that means is essentially uh, when you start... They're like, hey, here's three characters, and you can either go in and make characters that you want to make, so you can pick their face and their hair and give them whatever name you want, or you can just hit randomize and get random people that they just generate, and they'll give you quirks for the people. Like, they'll say, you know, hey, this person is uh, uh, a coward and nerdy. You know, and that'll be traits that they exhibit in the story. Sure. And you can mess with those two. And then you start the you start the campaign. And much like D D, you get these little cutscenes that show the story and lay it out kind of like a comic book. But then out of nowhere it'll just kind of go, Hey, what do these two characters think of each other? Mm-hmm. And you get to pick, like, are they friends? Are they rivals? Are they lovers? Where where do they land oh, on the you spectrum? You love that. Yeah, that's John stuff for sure. That's cool. And you, you can say, okay, well, I want these two to be friends. And so that reflects then in the dialogue. So they show up and it's like, oh, I was very worried about you. And, oh, this is just like that time we whatever. And they'll have friendly banter. But then you meet somebody else and you go, what's the relationship here? And I picked rivals. And so they showed up and they're like, this is all your fault. We already know it. Can you tell us what you did so we can fix your mess? You know, like it informs the dialogue and the way the story uh, goes to some degree. So they kind of give you some narrative control and some, and some stuff like that on top of this layer of playing this game uh, that is, you know, in some ways it's actually a little XCOM because there's also an overworld map, not like a base, but there's like a, hey, we're going to go check out this area, and here's things we can do here. Um, and there's like, do we want to recruit more members? And that takes time. And the more time you spend doing things, the more powerful enemies become. So you're balancing like, do we want to recruit people, which is going to take time? The enemies we fight might be stronger, but we'll get a new person out of it uh, while you're trying to complete quests and move. Uh, your characters can age out to where they're just too old for adventuring. Or I have a character that's like having discussions about, I need to have kids and I, I want to kind of have a family and settle down. And I don't, I don't know if I want to adventure forever. And so I can send that character on a quest to essentially retire hmm. if I, if I want to go down that route. So it's one bit a game and it's one bit kind of storytelling like a D and D campaign would be. I think everything here is really great. Uh, the magic system's also really interesting. I don't know if I love it, but it's very interesting and different. Hmm. And the only thing that I think is a little bit of a shortcoming for the game, um, it isn't really art style, because I actually don't mind how things look in this game. I actually think the art is kind of nice, 
and it is a cartoony look, uh, but I don't think it's necessarily bad. But like Bo said, it has kind of a paper craft feel to it, where it's like everything's a paper doll of some kind. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes what that means is when there's a cutscene, the it's supposed to be really dramatic, and you just have little pieces of paper bouncing up and down, mm -hmm. and it kind of takes you out of the moment. So it's not, it, it is a style and it is part of the visual style that I think is negative. I don't think the game looks awful, but it really undercuts itself sometimes when it's just like, oh, no, we're really worried about person, whoever. And there's a piece of paper going beep, 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 beep. Are you okay? Beep, mm. beep, beep. I'm fine. Yeah. It just is, it can come across a little silly, but yeah, like I'm the really UI looks it. amazing. Like everything is slick about the package. Just, it's just yeah. the paper people. Like uh, I, I bought pop-up dungeon and I, I barely played it. Cause I didn't like the, the pop-up so i look at this and i'm like it looks amazing overwhelmingly positive i just know it has an effect after a while like what you're talking about so mm, yeah you know. that aesthetic has got to be something you either really like or can get used to or whatever i it looks really good yeah like, it looks like I, it might and your description's got me way more curious now about and the game one thing i i do like is everything is visually represented on your character so there's a lot of art here too hmm. which is Part of why I, I don't want to be too harsh on it as far as visuals, because obviously they've put in work. You know, you so, get a new necklace and it appears on your character. Oh, or that's big, actually. The um, the one of the ones was uh, I there was a weird gem and I told my character to go and inspect it. And it was like, hey, you know, maybe this isn't a good idea. And I was like, ah, screw it. Look at the gem. And it exploded and the gem embedded in their eye. And that awesome. was reflected on the character model, and you could see not only the gem in the eye, but like weird magical disruptions coming out of it off the corner from where it had happened. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. They're doing a lot of stuff with like layering things on your character and, you know, lasting impact of things that happen. I really like that. So I'm it's glad you really shared hard. that. I'm glad you shared that because that makes me more interesting. Because one of the things about a lower effort, I don't want to say lower effort, but certain art styles lend themselves better for reasons like one would almost say well they pick that for a reason because it's easier to do all these mods to people because it's a D, &D adventure and who knows what your character is going to look like they get old they change shape mm -hmm. so if you're saying like you said there's a lot of art so if they equip a legendary weapon they just don't have the same sword art weapon like a lot of games do even games that have better graphics it's like still looks like the same weapon um so i don't know that sounds that's that's all good stuff in its favor. So, yeah, maybe. Wow. Maybe I, I'm curious. It's on my wish list. We'll see. But I, I appreciate all the the feedback on it because it does look like fun. Yeah, um, I'm I'm more yeah. interested now than I've ever been based on your description. Also, I didn't know it was getting overwhelmingly re, uh, re, uh, positively reviewed, which is also good. Uh, I think I'm in. I think I may have to get yeah, this well, game. So it sounds just I have a question about it just real briefly too. It sounds like it's like there's multiple adventures, it's not just one story cuz it doesn't seem roguelike right. to me, but would you say yeah. it's roguelike or is it just a series of like campaigns that you can play through? No, I'd say it's like XCOM, but if XCOM had multiple campaigns, but not as oh, long of okay. a main campaign cuz essentially you're on the main screen and you get a list of things 
that you can do and right. you you pick which campaign you want to do but then within that there is also iron man mode it's called something else it's called like iron gate or something like that and it yeah. is a case like of the permadeath no mode redos. yeah yeah okay yeah. so oh yeah it's okay. a little bit of both so they're according to their own description uh, it's a party-based procedural storytelling RPG where the tactical combat and story decisions uh, will alter the world and reshape your cast of characters. That procedural part tells me that it's going to feel fresh every time. That's usually what they mean when uh, they use that word. Uh, I've like played a, a- the the first campaign twice now or started it. I haven't played through the whole thing yet. But I started it twice, and I can say that while generally it was the same there were different elements both times that i played it i'm gonna have to play this it's got online co-op wait a second yeah and uh, other people can play the characters in your party so up to how many people i believe i don't know if it's supported already but i know they're definitely going for four wow that's because there's not a lot of games like divinity original sin 2 yeah. Like that offer turn-based multiplayer for more than two people that are that are also reasonable good. This yeah, okay, this just cool. really hit a new level of interest. Yeah, I'm interested as well. Um, wow, the reviews I've never seen such glowing reviews. My gosh! All right, John was right. Got to get that game. Shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm thinking the same uh, thing. Go. I mean, gameplay at the end of the day is everything. And if I have a little problem with yeah. the cartoony paper people, well, I can get over it. <laughs> You know, if it's really I'm thinking good. the exact same thing. It's the graphics that are holding me back, but a lot of games with not great that don't look like good packages are really fun. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, um, all right. That looks like a sleeper hit. I want to get it. Um, also, more house flipper. You're still enjoying that. More right? house flipper. Yeah. yeah. I I remodeled the uh, Kame house from Dragon Ball Z. So nice. I did that. Nice. That's important. We modernized that. They mm-hmm. were living a little rough out on Roshi's Island, and now it's all good. Um, and then I also got into another game that you've already talked about on the show previously, but I want to discuss it a little bit. Yep. Uh, Dorf Romantic. Yes. Great game. Uh, I picked that up. Um, They now have a button showing that creative mode is coming. You can't click it and play it yet, but they've made it clear that that is the direction it's going because there is a creative button when you go into play mode. So that's exciting. Um, But that game's pretty fun. I don't think I understand it fully. Yeah, it takes a a little time. There's a lot of clicking and just hoping things work out, but it's very relaxing and very chill, and um, it's just nice. There's just something... There's something about, about it. It's it it's a really, I mean, in some ways it's a puzzle game. In some ways it's a city builder. In some ways it's neither of those things. It's something else entirely. Like it's kind of a, it kind of is a, that's why I think I find it so fresh is it's, I don't really have much to compare it to. Um, yeah. But, but one, the more you play it, the more games you get in, the more you go, oh, these farms together do this effect. And if I've got enough river over here, that'll unlock the train. Speaking of trains. Uh, and you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll get a little model train you can fiddle with. And like, there's yeah. just a really, really cool vibe with this game. And I didn't realize they'd added a, a grayed out, um, uh, creative mode thing. That's interesting. I wonder what the plan is yeah. there to see what that is. Uh, that game also deserving of its high praise. A very, very cool game. Glad to hear you're enjoying that. Um, okay, Bo, tell me about why of all those card battlers slash deck builders, why did why did Tainted Grail end up grabbing you the hardest? Because you thought it might be the least. 
It was the least. I was like definitely talking on stream and on the show last week that like, yeah, Tainted Grail's kind of janky. Probably play Thronebreaker or um, Griftlands. They did play more Griftlands, but Griftlands as you awesome. I, as you know, Tainted Grail Conquest has won out. Yeah, I watched you stream what? a bunch, and uh, you've unlocked a bunch of characters and done all kinds of kinds of stuff. Yeah, I've unlocked all the characters, finished the main campaign, but it isn't the real ending. So now I'm on difficulty tier two, trying to get to the real boss. Mm-hmm. See, um, he acknowledges that he's about fifty percent through Tainted Grail, then, just like somebody else who got fifty percent of the way through Resident Evil Two remake. Oh yeah, so he would. So normally, <laughs> so what you're saying is this is where he would set that down, and 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 then I should have stayed on. Except that I had credits and it said the end. That's the difference. Anyway, go ahead, Bo. This yeah, I don't remember if I had credits or not. I don't know. But anyways, um, the uh, why Tainted Grail? Why is it the best one? First of all, I like the Grim Dark Diablo style or Doom style or whatever. It's definitely all these single player, including Hearthstone, and these single player experiences have something in common. They go for cute yeah. or some variation of cute. Yeah. And I didn't know how badly the world needs ultra-violent, dark, <laughs> grim, horrific, disturbing card battlers. Yeah. <laughs> that just, like, I'm even in Tainted Grail, when I play it, it sparks my imagination. I'm like, the cards should just shred it, disintegrate into blood and intestines. Like, we could go farther with it. This is very tame compared to what I can imagine we can do with the, sure. the card battler. However... This is probably the best example in existence of a, you know, dark, bloody horror. It's not, I hesitate to call it horror because it isn't really that scary, but it has all that aesthetic. And the music is really scary. They've actually, they've done a really good job of making this intense, relentless. And when your battle lasts 30 minutes and you got that in your ear, you're like, is the devil going to appear? Yeah, it's got cool. It's it's, got really cool environmental and sound stuff. The music and stuff is really The music's great. The the actual art is good. I, I wish they had a better animator. Like there's like, that's the thing is it's so good, but I still think it's janky. But the reason why I asked for that stuff is because, like we were talking, I was saying that to you last night, like, it's because I really like this game. So I really want the best version of this game yeah. to exist. Yeah. Um, it's also backed up by pretty fun card mechanics. Like, it does what Slay the Spire does, except you're right, Scott, it's class-based. Yeah. So it kind of gives you some advantages in that regard. Like, I would say, you know, Slay the Spire still probably one of the penultimate roguelike card battlers simply because it's it's often hard. And this game is hard at first and kills you, like we said last week, but I actually find I'm playing on difficulty two mm-hmm. with apostate for the first time, and in spite of it being quite complex and the flip mechanics crazy for my brain, I actually feel like it's kind of easy. Lower, and there's the whole 20 levels there. of difficulty. So there might be some smoothing out, but there was a post on the store page in Steam that the developers are still working on this game. Mm-hmm. So I hope that means like really good updates, uh, but we'll see. But the game as is right now is a lot of fun. And um, the card battler aspect is fun uh, for sure. So. Yeah, I really, but the thing that really gets me is, um, and I've been playing it as well, is the the class diversity. Um is really neat. So not only class, good class diversity means players can always find something that, that they like the most. So that's the number one reason you want good class diversity. But, uh, the other reason 
is the way it works in Dicey Dungeons, John. Like Dicey Dun- Dungeons, which is a you know kind of a goofy take on this stuff. Um, one of the cool things about Dicey Dungeons is that the the classes could not be more different than each other. Like they're all really weirdly different than each other. So it's not just subtle changes or this one's a spellcaster and this one's and a sword wielder. It's really weird stuff in that game. And I thought that was pretty unique to that. This game has definitely got that. Uh, the, the classes are so different than each other. Like the main melee dude you start with is nothing like the summoner person you unlock the next time. Like not even close to the same kind of gameplay. And the Sentinel feels very different. Like everything I've unlocked so far feels like a totally different game almost every time you play it. Yeah. I guess it's a little clear though to say there's actually three, there's, there's nine different classes, but yeah. there's really only three classes, mm. like three archers, three warriors, three summoners. Right. And then in that there, in each class, there's three, like it's divided into three and they do play very differently, but they use a lot of the same overlapping cards and mechanics. Yeah, that's true. I guess there's some, there's yeah, a so like, overlap there. Yeah. Like for example, the Sentinel, the idea is you shoot a lot of arrows, so you're just firing bah, 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 arrows. You have maneuver cards, but the idea is you're building your ulti, and then you spam as many arrows as you have charges. It can be up to, like, 20. Right. With the apostate I'm playing, the idea is the maneuvers now flip in your hand, but like you were seeing last night. They flip, and then you score ultimate points by flipping them, and then the flip gives you bonus just flat damage up to 350%, and then you kind of pop off that way. So... It's all just very different. Like it feels like another class. It's not. I'm not trying to undercut anything you say. They are other classes, but they do re. It was very confusing for the summoner. So the summoner, you promote your monsters indefinitely. So yeah. if they can go to promotion level five thousand, they will. But mm-hmm. keep in mind, at the start of your turn, it'll damage you for the amount of promotion levels. Right. So you want to keep that in check. So it's weird when you go to the necromancer, and then you have these promotion just doesn't work for it because when you they die like right the necromancer summons they die after a period of time right and then they they come back as ghosts yeah which is and weird. so like figuring out because it's different than the summoner but it's the same cards and mechanic like a lot of the same stuff it just works really differently yeah um it's 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 very inventive the way they've done it i guess yeah and i agree it, yeah. they cover a lot of ground by doing it that way and just give you what at the at the very least feels like you're getting a ton more choice so yeah, while it's nine, well, it's it's three classes, but then it's it's. I still say it's nine classes. I just say in the, within the three classes, you get a lot of the same overlapping right. cards. Right, right, right. You just might get more of some and less of another. Yeah. Like, like I got promotion cards in the Necromancer deck, and I got rid of them. I'm like, I don't need to promote these things. They need to die and be ghosts, and then. Because the ghost fey is better for the necromancer, it gives you ultimate charges, mm-hmm. and the idea behind necromancers, you want to turn to a lich as soon as possible. Right. So step one is kill all your things, especially the fey. Get your charges. You get charges when you kill things. So you summon them, kill them, get a charge, kill their ghost, get another charge, and go to lich mode where you have these op cards. But it's in summoner, it's different. And then you're like, oh, I want to keep them on the battlefield and make them. Have you? How far have you gotten your, your? What size have you gotten yours? I've gotten my worms up to like level twenty one. Oh, yeah, I've got. And they, they they're so big they're off the screen at that yeah, point. They, it's the, cool. Those guys in the little whatever the ground ones are called. I forget what they're called. Like the the, the uh, there's abominations of the little gra- like the face hugger. Yeah, guys. those guys. I've made them so big they cover 
most of my screen. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's, like, it's pretty cool. It's fun. Yeah. yeah, it's got a real cool thing going. I I like where they're at uh, with that game. So we'll see. We'll see if it keeps holding us. It's a good. It's a good Ancient one of those. Real super good. Um, you've been playing Witcher Three, and we knew about that. Grifflands. Yeah, Grifflands and I played some Grifflands too. It's also quite good. Just Grifflands good is very thing, good. Right? It's I played yeah. a bunch of that as well. Of the two, you know, I, I kind of just go back and forth. I've got my head wake more around the argument mechanics than I did before, mm-hmm. and really that just came down to me, you know, just read more of that buff stuff and like kind of get their like you were saying last week, get their terms straight in your head yeah yeah it's like understand because like what there's a circle things are floating around in it and then there's a second circle and something's floated in it, and then there's a middle thing like yeah. what are they it's gonna really throw you if you're not really paying attention but once you understand like oh okay this argument he has is it is helping his resolve because he thinks he's got a strong argument but if i damage that argument with my assertions or whatever these other terms are that thing goes away and quits being a a, a protector to his main res, you know, resolve. Yeah. And that's like a, it's almost like removing armor, but uh, you know, it's a really interesting thing. The way that game, that game, they all, really do, all those arguments do different things. Some of them self damage, some of them damage you, some of them right. buff right. every turn. Like they, they all have a lot of different effects. Oh, I, was I haven't made it past the first boss. I think the first boss is when you go to sleep at mm-hmm. Fish's place. Yeah. And somebody, an assassin, invariably attacks you. That's the first boss. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's. The first I, have you boss. gone farther than that? No, or no, I've, I never, I've never that. beaten the first boss, but I did unlock the other two classes and have worked on their campaigns a little bit. But I still okay. have yet to beat that first boss. Yeah, same. Um, it's just, it's just a. Well, it's funny. I beat the first boss in a negotiation battle, and then I fought him anyways. I tried to talk him out of fighting, but then you can just still fight him. So I was like, oh, sweet, more XP. I'm a gamer. So apparently, yeah. you can <laughs> once you get once you get through all of the main three classes stories, those characters' stories. It's not like the game is now you having to play those stories all the time. You now mm-hmm. can just play. I forgot what they call it. Crap, but basically, it's a. Uh, open the map and a bunch of opportunities afford themselves and you go oh really they do oh, yeah. do that okay because oh, yeah. that was something i was not liking about the game is that for the first time it was fun but the second time i'm like i gotta talk to fish again i gotta talk to this guy again yeah what yeah. i also like about tainted grail is you kind of just get to if you just want to play card battler and don't want to do the story thing you right. kind of well and so. there's a i should say that i haven't tried it but there's a mod for this game for uh grifflands that takes um, and it's a it's an allowed mod that the team doesn't care. Um, it's a mod that basically takes everything to the level where it's just all unlocked. So that game mode is just unlocked, and you just go play it if you want. If you don't want Uh-oh. to mess with the story, oh, interesting. I think the story. I don't. Is pretty I, strong. No, I don't mind. I appreciate knowing it because I like yeah. the story. I just what makes the Slay the Spire so infinitely replayable is just because there's. Yeah, so I feel like when I play a card battler, I just want to get to the card. You just battling. want to play you the know, cards. I, right? I'm not. I'm not playing Witcher or Mass Effect. I'm not looking for a grand narrative here. Um, although I do appreciate what little there is in Tainted Grail. I think it's moody and well done. But uh, it's yeah. like it's like their Invisible Ink, the other clay game I love. That's probably my favorite game they ever made. Um, that game has a similar structure. There's a story, but it's also kind of endless once you finish it. You don't need to to keep rehashing it. And so they've kind of applied that here. But yeah, that game's pretty rad, uh, Grifflands. And I'm looking forward to seeing what all the hype about Rogue Book is because I bought it. So probably tonight I'll try it. Is that doing so? That reviewed well, right? It's going all right. Yeah, yeah. It's like overwhelmingly positive, I believe. And, you know, Richard Garfield made it. We talked about it last week. So um, 
But that's like that's where we're gonna see. I'm playing these pretty. I say Grifflands, even though it isn't a hardcore art style. It's definitely not a friendly one. It's mm-hmm. full of grays and you know sure. dark blues and dep- you know it's wasteland, right? John will love uh, that. By this, the way, that's so John's yeah. aesthetic. Everything about it, Grifflands. Oh my gosh. But but Rogue yeah. Book is Rogue Book is like looks like Slay the Spire if the art was good and animated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. That's, and that's I'm not mad my, about that. No, I'm no, like, no, whatever. What Slay mean. the Spire had plenty of time to get their shit together. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I mean, whatever. Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire. I don't mean to just, speak negatively about it. I'm just, I'm making jokes. They eventually the leaned really into, good. they leaned in that ugly stoner art thing and, and that's just what it is. So it's fine, I guess. It's not my deal. Uh, it looks, ah, this looks good. I can't wait to try it. Yeah, it does look good. You're going to have to report back on that. Um, another twenty four ninety nine. I guess I'm going to maybe spend. Um, all right. That's it for games. A quick email before we go. That's a good question. This one for uh, from Prost Shock. I think is how you'd say this name. Dear John Bow and the rest. <laughs> Thanks a lot. John nice. Bow. <laughs> Wait, John Bow and that's you. Yeah, that's me. I'm the rest. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Hey, look, I don't care. I'm good. I don't uh, it's not a problem. By the way, I use weird candles wrong or weird candles wrong. Bow in that game. I wanted to mention that because I'm watching on this video. For the longest time, I didn't light them or use them. So oh, I was just running through the world blind and not really. That's the knowing. way to do it. That's, yeah. that's the way to do it. You only want to use them. You only you can light them in combat, first of all. So if the combat gets hard, it'll affect the weird cards you get. Oh. So if you if you have brightness, you'll get you get weird cards that give you like a choice between two positive things if you play it or don't play it. But at negative, it'll be like give the enemy ten barrier or give yourself twenty five percent less damage for three turns. They're like these. Suck. Oh, those are brutal. Those cards. I I don't know. I, the one thing I don't know is I wonder if you get more XP if you fight on dark on no on darkness mode. Oh. That I wish I knew. I don't know because I think that's the case because it's technically harder. That but I don't be. know. I don't know. And the other thing is there's an encounter you get in the darkness that yeah. you won't get if you keep lighting a candle. So it's actually good to stay in the dark until you have a boss or something to fight. All right. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, sorry, but that, no, 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 I know, right I know. Cause I was lighting them all up too. And I ran out so quick. Yeah. So it's better, especially in the first world, not to even bother using them. I also, I also forget about my health uh, vials. I forget about my bottles of health all the time. I don't know why I just forget they're there. And oh I'm yeah, I know. I, for, I have a, a flute from the bard that I can use once per combat that yeah. I never use that I'm like, I could have used this. <laughs> <laughs> I really should do that more. Yeah, um, all right. Is a thing. Uh, here's this email. Uh, it says, as someone who appreciates Borderlands, and oh, I know why he's not including my name. You'll hear it in a second here. As someone who appreciates Borderlands and its humor, my question is for Scott. Every time Borderlands comes up on the show, you talk about how you don't think it's funny. However, oh, by the way, this is John too, not just me. Okay. Right. Yeah, but he's saying that I don't exhibit the traits he's about to describe. Oh, all right, you fine. Do. He says, however, its sense of humor lines perfectly with what I've heard on the podcast. I mean, come on, you constantly laugh at farts, innuendo, and silly names. It seems to me that Borderlands would be right up your alley. Thoughts? Love the show. Prost shock. Well, Prost shock, I'll try to ignore some of this uh, passive aggressiveness you're throwing in your email today. Just kidding. It's fine. doesn't bother me. Um, yeah, it's a fair point. I can't actually argue with this. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah I, I maybe like that's it. why we don't like it sometimes it's something's too close to home like maybe. i think that's why i don't like letter kenny that much yeah but you, i know you really enjoy it and you have good like you have you share tastes with me sure and i don't think it's bad but i've watched it now and i just kind of don't laugh but i just think it's because 
it's 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 about as close to how I'll feel back in the day when, say, a white person went to their Chinese friend and said, "Have you seen the latest Charlie Chan?" show it was great yeah. and they're like okay <laughs> you know it, it's about as close as i'm gonna get to feeling that way where it's like yeah okay yeah i could see that also i i think there's something to be said about how genuine something can feel when it's written by a group of people or is trying for a, a feeling like here's the thing scott will make a, a poop or a dick or a fart joke or something like that and I will usually laugh at it because there's an earnestness to Scott. Like, that's just who he is. I like him as a person. So when when Scott goes, fuck it, like, it's funny to me because, like, it's just him. That's just a phrase that he says. He's not going, I'm going to say fart buckets because it'll be funny and people will think that's funny. Yeah. That's just the way Scott's brain works. Like, yeah. earnestness is appreciated. When a video game goes, buckets. <laughs> I'm picturing a writer's room of people going, what What do you think would be the funniest word here? Someone goes, what if they said fart buckets? And they were like, do we all agree that fart buckets is the funniest word that we can put in here? Yeah. And then they all go, mm, yes, we all agree on yeah. fart I don't know if this happened to you, Scott, but the greatest thing about this whole fart bucket spiel is that for me, it, it, it's been cut, Discord's been cutting out when you say fart, so it sounds like you're saying buckets, like... <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like you're saying efforts. Buckets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, it sounds okay, like well, you're saying. It's just Discord that's dropping even. you. Yeah. It's even better. better. No, I think you've got your the Discord option for cutting out the high peak thing. I think that's probably on because this happens to other people and they'll go, you know, piss hole or whatever. You'll hear the, the piss part will go out for some reason. I don't know why it is. Yeah. But yeah, it sounds like you were spelling the word or saying the word F-U-C-K-E-T-T-E-S. <laughs> <laughs> nice that's what it sounded like nice. that was pretty good uh, i don't know i need to turn that option off it's a weird option it i always forget about it and then then i record and then i forget um i think mine's on too but i'm not sure no one hears it because you guys might hear it but no one here hears it because i'm on the mic but anyway uh the point anyway, is the, yeah. the point is yeah earnestness I, goes a long way and while i might enjoy the thinking about that meeting where everybody's doing that it doesn't necessarily translate in the game to me going, ha ha, that's hilarious. That's a really you know, good it's point. Di yeah. It's different when a game does it versus when my friend mm -hmm. does it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I'll say this, like uh, today in the car, driving, doing an errand, guy cut me off on a roundabout. And I got so irritated and flustered in the moment. Everyone else would have gone, watch out, you asshole. Or, you know, some normal thing. I went, oh, my gosh, you freaking dirt nickel. <laughs> what's dirt a dirt nickel, nickel right but my point is it this stuff doesn't i don't sit on I, this isn't me sitting around writing this i don't know i'm gonna say it until i say it it's like a form of tourette's i'm worried one day like when i'm in my 80s am i gonna get uh dementia and start yelling the worst weirdest combination of things ever like incest pig or you know whatever it may be i'm not making this stuff up <laughs> you know what i mean pretty good that's my whole thing. It sounds like a positive thing. I wouldn't be worried. <laughs> but that's my I mean, point. it would suck to have dementia. I would, you know. Yeah, I'm, of course. I'm pulling course. for you. I'm pulling for all of us. Really, right. We're pull, pull for all of us while you're at it. Yeah. But if you're going to if you're gonna have that and yell things like incest pig, I mean. <laughs> but that's my point. Like, it's not coming out of. I don't plan this at all. Dirt nickel, incest pig, whatever. It's all minute moment. It's of the moment. 
somebody See, if that new fantasy later if that new fantasy borderlands game instead of shit pony or whatever it is had incest pig as a character and it looked vaguely like cersei lannister it would yeah. be the funniest thing See, that in the would whole be funny world and i would love it there would be that would be funny they need to write those games randomly out of their mouth and not not although this kind of proves the email are right we just made a borderlands character and like Scott came up with a Borderlands character like go. off the top of his head. He wasn't even but trying. But I also think that that would only be funny to us because we were here and we saw how Incest Pig was born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you guys, uh, you guys got to witness and it. And that's one thing. But if it's just somebody playing the game and someone's like, "Here's Incest Pig," mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that would be funny either. I mean, well, I guess it stigmatizes incest. Uh, I don't know. If- well, I don't know where we're supposed to land on it these days. <laughs> I, think I think it's still meant to be uh, is it normalized. Is I think, it discriminatory? I think, I I think incest is still meant to be. Uh, well, I don't know. Like if you're. <laughs> oh, man, here we go. But well, no, so the... like my grandparents were third cousins, which is about as close to incest as I can hold a candle to. So, <laughs> you know. Well, all right. Like, let, me, let me ask I, so you. This. I'm like, and I'm like, whatever about it. But I sort of realized that not a lot of people have. I said somewhere in your history, it's probably there if you ever had pioneers in your history. But I well, don't know. let me ask you this. So when I, <laughs> so all right, this this is nothing. Okay, I'll just say it. My I have two Korean sisters and a Korean brother. They're all adopted. Uh, I used to tell people I was adopted because we were the minority in my house. <laughs> it looked like the white kids were the, the ones that had been adopted. But we adopted three Korean kids when I was growing up. And they're great, wonderful human beings. Um, when their kids, ha- when they had kids and I had kids, um, there used to be somebody, I remember somebody at work somewhere, at probably that company I hated in the 90s, I don't know. But somebody said, Scott, what if your daughter and their son started dating, got married, and had their own kids. That wouldn't really be incest, would it? And I said, well, I mean, my brain kind of stopped. and like, well, wait a minute. It sounds gross because this is, this is you know, their, their first cousins. And that's weird. And right. their family. But then I realized genetically, I guess technically they're correct. Because my sister, my sisters were born and, you know, or were sent to orphanages across the world. And my daughter was mine and Kim's and born here. So, yes, there's no genetic proximity that you would mm-hmm. right. apply to that. But there is the social proximity, the fam- the familial proximity. And I think that still counts. I don't know. I don't know how this stuff works. I mean, I it's not like it's right. It's not a biological thing. But I I think that, like, there's a lot to be said about, hey, you you're really kind of stuck with your family. This is family. It's a bad idea. It depends how much you believe in divorce. Like, I think if you're doing that situation <laughs> and you know divorce is not going to be an issue, that's great. But a divorce could really shatter the whole family, right? With side taking and all that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. So, I can't. There's sure. a, there, regardless of the moral implications, there's definitely a lot of risk involved for that I can imagine for that alone, meaning. Right. It's probably not a good idea. Now, I tried. Yeah. I wanted to see um, if Rule 34 held up on the Internet if I typed in incest pig. Okay. Are you, so, wait, you're just looking up porn while we're having a show right now? <laughs> no, but I guess what I'm going to well, say. It's unclear. Are you looking for bestiality or? Well, no. Yeah. All I did is just the word incest pig. That's it. Just to see what okay. would come up. And I did an unmoderated image search just to see what would happen. And I'm happy to report. The only real result that's 
even weird is the one I'm about to put in Discord. Well, which it's, it's uncharted. It's use? uncharted IP. Well, like, if it was Bing, I might have gotten worse results. Certainly, I was gonna say like that's incest look, pick. There's you should use DuckDuckGo. Isn't that the most? That's the uh, one I use. I use DuckDuckGo. So that's I guess if if DuckDuckGo is supposed to have the most unfiltered, then I got the most unfiltered because I like I like their search engine. Not for not for this normally, <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um, there is okay. a Peppa Pig uh, image that might be a little. Oh, never mind. This proves the rule. Yeah, Damn this it. is a headline in the Daily Mail UK. Mother twenty told boyfriend she was having sex with her dog since she was thirteen and often fantasizes about incest. Yeah, but that's not the same as like a pig. Let me. Okay, I'm going to put this in Discord. This is proof. <laughs> This is proof that the the rule thirty four is in effect. That right there. Oh, it's that person's from Arizona. <laughs> oh my gosh! Because <laughs> you know Peppa Pig and her grandpa. That ain't that's no good. Oh wait, right? there's no. Peppa porn. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's a cartoon. Of course there is. It's the internet. Of course there is. All right, is. so rule thirty four oh. holds up just barely though. This is one I got. I feel like we did all right with though. Is my point. It went okay. Um. Yeah. Right. The important thing well, is. Thank you for your email and the places it took us. <laughs> the most disturbing thing about that picture isn't the sex; it's the eyelashes on the lady one. Like it looks like spiders are crawling out from behind her eyes. It's disturbing. I mean, honestly, I'm more annoyed about the glasses on the other one because where's the other band? It's yeah. like it's going through his nose. Yeah, it's weird. They're not known. The 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 core imagery of your normal. Un, unedited Peppa Pig imagery is all already weird art. It's very odd. Yeah, yeah. it's British. What do you expect? Uh, Just kidding. I, well, like I feel it. called anyway. out. I feel called out by this emailer, Prost Shock. <laughs> do you? All right. I feel like we're proving his point, even though we're like, "Borderlands <laughs> is such a shit game." Oh my god, the writing's bad, and here we've gone. There's there's a guy in the chat, Drewlock, that I don't know if I've seen him or her before, saying, "I thought this show was about games." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is, but it's also about making sure that people uh, send us emails and regret it immediately when they hear the discussion that comes from them. So, <laughs> that's that's true. That's well, if this is that the person's first time in here, and this is all you've heard, I understand understand the confusion like there's two yeah, there's two it. hours and 10 minutes of game talk and then you ran into this bit that must be rough i i would also yeah i feel like as a warning people should we should have like you know they have um podcast trailers now on on like youtube on apple Podcasts and yeah, stuff we should yeah. just put the tms mashup as, as that 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 full yeah, year actually, one yeah. review we did yeah have we got one recently i'm glad you way? said this was... by the way i'm glad you said that because i actually need to do this in general and i haven't done it uh, it's not oh i need to do these trailers because a bunch of the services are now doing this not just apple i think spotify is opening up like trailer options and i need to make stuff so trailer options and subscription options i mean yeah, we're doing the that. patreon thing but to oh, trying to push podcasting forward i guess I don't yeah know. or i don't know they're kind of messing with it in ways i don't like but whatever what are you gonna do? same it's like the mmo deal right like it's working it's great but no one's making money off of it so how can we push the money making side of things and yeah like, okay, and the thing great, is they I are guess. making we go. plenty of money out there being made it's just never uh, it's never enough <laughs> well they're not involved in it it's just like wow we have this whole apple we have this whole app that we don't make money from oh, that good point, everyone yeah. else is perceived to be making money from the majority again probably or not yeah but I don't they're know there's an opportunity for everyone to share. I mean, I guess what I really hit my, like we've reached this, a new low is I think there's monetization coming to Twitter, right? Like, is that, well, that's, that's also already 
already in there, but you mean the thing where you oh, can pay, you can tip people for their, for their. Yeah. Rates. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean for everyone. When it yeah. becomes for you too, can become a, and I'm like, aren't we all just like shuffling money around at this point? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. it's cool, but also it's like grown. I don't know. And Maybe a lot of it's not even real. Old. It's just sort of just transfers of dots and zeros and ones. And I don't know, man, we're living in late stage, uh, late stage, uh, what do they call it? Late stage. What do they call that? There's a word for this. Late stage bubble? No, late stage. Not democracy. What's the word I'm looking for? Late stage incest? No, Aloria for real. Not late stage incest. What's a capitalism? <laughs> capitalism. Late stage capitalism. That's what I meant to say. Uh, this concept that, you know, you're just getting to a place where you're like trying to scrape every penny off of everything and then sometimes money's not real. Like, remember all the memification of the GameStop uh, stock and everything? GameStop yeah. made. Hundreds of millions of dollars on the meme that was like anti. Yeah, them. they sold their boosted stock. They got boosted by. What by is that money? What even internet. is it? What is that fake freaking value? It's perceived value. It's just it's it's you know how that is it Black Lotus and Magic the Gathering. If you want one, it'll cost you thousands of dollars. I, I can't remember. Maybe a hundred thousand dollars. It's just a piece of cardboard. Like it is just a piece of cardboard that was not handmade. It was printed. It's stupid, but that's like but I don't want to call getting, art we're stupid because it isn't. Places. But it's just it's perceived value, and that's just all the company is. It's just perceived value built on some stuff that is measured, and the rest of it is imaginary, as the GameStop situation approved. Yeah, approved. Uh, yeah, like oh, boy, it. this and, conversation's gonna go real well right before our Patreon. Well, well no, this see, is a, okay, this is a good bad. <laughs> yeah, this is more of a this good bad important point. We'll have no, to have Scott John, back on and talk. John about makes a Mar- John makes a good point. Like. Where we, ah, the whole thing's just complicated because NFTs and crypto and everything else, all this stuff just is so freaking weird. And then at the same time, everybody's got to buy food and pay their rent. <laughs> like, it's just, there's no it's getting just, away from the realities of it, but also these unrealities of it. And I'm, it's not even a political statement. I'm, I'm, as, I'm for free market, man. I'm all about competition. Like, I'm, you know, pro all that stuff. I'm just saying. At some point, we have to recognize that it's a little freaking weird. It's freaking weird. The, pro- the problem is there's a concept in the world called demand. And demand is not measurable in, in, in any quantifiable way except with money and to how much someone is willing to pay. And no one's looking at that as a problem. Like, just a basic concept of what demand is. Because that's why, like, if I'm playing Magic the Gathering in standard season and Jace the Mime Sculptor... I need four copies of it. Yeah. Then I'm paying a hundred bucks for that card. Yeah. Once it rotates out, you think I'm going to sell them for a hundred dollars or a profit? <laughs> Probably goes down and they ban it in certain formats. Oopsies. There's $400 I gave to someone for a piece of paper that is not going to be worth that much later. And I actually sold my Jace the Mind Sculptors before they dropped in value smartly. Yeah. Well I done. Two, I got $200. But the point stands is that the whole reason I can demand it is because we have this imaginary quantification of demand and people profit from it. So there's no incentive to actually measure objectively what demand is worth in, in like a formula or, or some way to just r- regulate this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it, it's it's ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry. I know we don't kind of promote this thing, and I, I don't really like talking about it much on the show. But I'm a smoker. You want to talk about ridiculous? A pack of smokes is twenty dollars. Oh. When I was starting smoking, 
No one gave a crap. It wasn't taxed. It, it, it was, you know, a pack would run you like a couple bucks. Like, yeah. it's nothing. It's a bit of plant. Like, it's a bit of plant and packaging. Yeah. And, and you know, it's not good. I'm not promoting it. But it's literally overpriced. And they know there's a demand there. And they can extract it from me uh, because I have a, the disease of addiction. Right. And um, that's how the world, that's the half the world operates on it. That's why there's a coffee shop on every second street corner. Yeah. You don't need that much coffee in life, but we've made a culture out of it. And everyone thinks, no, I can't live without my coffee. But yeah. it's just like, no, you don't, you don't need this stuff that much. And uh, anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm going on a, I'm going to get on a. No, this is good. Tangent if I haven't already have. But well, that, what were we talking no, about? None of it was this. None of it was a. That was all straight no, good was, stuff. All, anyways, it's uh, sorry. What do we? What do we start? Where do we start this silly? Patreon.com the- slash oh. core shows where you can go to support us, and satisfy your demand for great content put yeah. out regularly by us, us. three. Yeah. Good call. Hey, well, there's right. nothing wrong with being a patron of the arts. No, the you're arts right. Are, That's exactly right. This is a way you can actually different up up yeah. front and personal directly to us. That's the exchange. You're not dealing with a bunch of middlemen. Or people that skim stuff off the top or take a bunch of fees or any of that shit. It's straight to us and straight to you. So I like that. That was great, John. Bringing it back home. Patreon.com slash core show. Frogpants.com slash core for all the details you might need about the show. Archives, everything else. It's all right there. And if you want to email us just like uh, Prost Shock did, you can do that at talktothecore at gmail.com. Please keep those coming. You guys are killing it with the emails. Loving it. Corepod, John underscore Jagger, Scott Johnson, and Bo Schwartz on Twitter. And as always, you can find more stuff like this at frogpants.com. That's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.